0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and you just showed up and met me, but I'm about to have the most consequential event of my life unfold in front of you right now. Joining me today is Devinder Hardwar. That's no moon.
1: It's a black hole of entertainment.
2: <laughs> Damn it. Got nothing, Jeff- got, got nothing now. Got nothing now! I'm cursed by being third, you guys. Cursed! <laughs> we should mix it up So It's almost yeah. like now I have to copy another thing that everybody <laughs> already knows.
0: <laughs> and Jeff Canada. <laughs>
2: anyway,
0: those are, of course, all vague and oblique references to the fact that today on the podcast, mm-hmm. we're going to be reviewing Zack Snyder's new movie, Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Rolls trippingly off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Streaming right now on Netflix, I, I think when I checked this morning as we we're recording this, it's the number one film on Netflix. So uh, a lot of people have will have watched In- incredible. it. Incredible, incredible. Uh this episode rolls around. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com and find us uh, across all platforms at the filmcast pod on TikTok. We're at the filmcast. Today on the podcast, we got some letters we're gonna discuss. That you have been writing into slash filmcast at gmail.com. We got some what we've been watching for you, some weekly plugs before we get into our Rebel Moon review. Lots to discuss. Let's dive into the mailbag. You can always email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com. This email comes in from Bob from Northern Colorado. Woo You know, uh, Jeff, we got a lot of positive feedback for your recommendation of Duck the Halls last week on the podcast. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, People talk about how unhinged that thing is. It's bonkers.
2: I don't understand how it got made.
0: Bob writes in, Jeff, prepare to have your mind blown. Paul Rudish, the creator of Duck the Halls, has a ton of his Mickey Mouse cartoons on Disney+, and they are just like Duck the Halls, if not more so. Search Goofy's Grandma, Potato Land, and especially For Whom the Booth Tolls. But honestly, they're all great. End quote. So, yeah. if you like Duck the Halls, search for those titles. That was Bob, you
2: made. said. Yeah, Bob from Thanks, Northern Thanks, Bob, and several other people had the same uh, recommendations. And it's awesome to know that there's more of this. I literally just stumbled upon Duck the Halls by searching for Christmas shorts on uh, Disney Plus. Had no idea that this was a whole thing. Sadly, it's a thing that no longer is a thing. So it's it's you know stuff that we have to discover that's already come and gone mm-hmm. but you know waiting there on Disney Plus to enjoy and man so many people uh, uh had the same sentiment as as I which is how did Disney give the thumbs up to this stuff? It's just They, so... they can't
1: pay attention to everything. I, I think that's ultimately not. it.
2: They can't see everything. So. Well, according
0: to Bob Iger, characters. Yeah, <laughs> according to Bob Iger, the biggest problem with Disney movies these days is not enough executive supervision of the movies. Sure, true. of course, that's, that's what true. everybody says. Everyone, yeah. All the creatives are like, "Why aren't there enough executive supervisors?" Can this? I get some notes on this, please? <laughs> One assigned to every
1: project. Come on. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, well, thanks for that recommendation, Bob. For those other titles, if you enjoyed Duck the Halls, Michael writes into slashfilmcast@gmail.com talking about Jeff Kanata's recommendation of bo- or recommendation question mention I think is more fair of Boys in the Boat.
2: Uh, last I mean, week. I, I I liked the movie. Dave. you liked it. You, you, you liked okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I,
0: I, th- I think you. Were, I thought you were like a little bit middling on it, if I recall correctly. But maybe I, I... I
2: don't think it does anything. Uh, it's not reinventing the the wheel, you know. Yeah, as yeah, I yeah. said, it's it's yeah, yeah. just kind of yeah. it's doing the thing that you expect it to do, but it does it well.
1: Let me tell you, Jeff. Uh, compared to the wider world sentiment about that movie, that's pretty. That's a rave <laughs> review.
2: <laughs> well, I think people are pretty yeah. cynical about it. it's just a sweet yeah. little like sweet little sports underdog story it's like it's not trying to do anything grandiose and i think people because it's mm-hmm. george clooney if that movie came out and it was not directed by george clooney nobody would have a boo to say I about it i think nobody
0: would talk about it yeah but nobody all. i think probably fewer people would be talking yeah. about it than it's a now. lovely little lovely.
2: movie it's yeah. a sweet little tale it's it's not trying to uh you know it's not trying to be the maestro you know it's 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 doing its thing <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, yeah.
0: I heard a a significant percentage of the ticket sales came from, um, my family members, my my state actually, because it, uh, involves a Washington state organization, if I'm not mistaken. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 The college yeah, where they come from. Yeah.
0: Michael writes in, I wanted to pass on uh, how touched I was by uh, Jeff's Boys in the Boat comment about the movie being important to him because his mom got him the book and that was something they shared. My brother's currently visiting for the holidays. A couple nights ago, he mentioned how important it was for him to see the movie. My mom gave each of us a copy of the uh, Boys in the Boat shortly before she died. Because of that, uh, the book holds a special place in my brothers and my heart. I teared up hearing about the bond he shares with his mother over the book. Uh, I'm writing this as I finish up the Godzilla minus one podcast. Love the movie. And I've been looking forward to hearing your take on it. Thank you so much for the great work you do. So glad there's the opportunity to support you on Patreon. Uh, end quote. That comes in from Mike writing into slash filmcastgmail.com. And uh, yeah, you know, Jeff was talking about how it was an important movie for the family. And uh, I, I do think it's, it's interesting how some movies take on more importance because they're, you know, they they have some importance in the family and certainly that's the case for Mike as well. It sounds like so.
2: Lovely email, Mike. Thank you for sending that. And thank you for supporting us on Patreon.
0: Yeah, patreon.com slash film podcast. By the way, this week, our current plan is to do a review of poor things on the Patreon. Uh, I know, you know, basically, we have tried to get in as many reviews as possible. I think something on the order of seven movies came out Mm -hmm. in in Christmas weekend. Seven major movies came out Christmas weekend. It was not possible to review them all. Uh, I'm not going to say our movie selection
1: process was perfect we we go by the information we have at the time I, I think we chose yeah. the biggest conversation topic yeah, we, we tried. of the week we yeah. tried
0: you know um so anyway uh we are planning to discuss more things that's kind of like I I think that'll be a nice uh sort of review to cap out 2023 before we do our top 10 of the year episode uh which is coming very soon okay mm-hmm couple other emails I wanted to read. On that note, this one comes in from Rick. Uh, Rick writes into slash slashfumcastedgmail.com. My name is Rick Chen, no relation to Dave. I'm a 17-year-old high school senior in Portland, the first time writer to the show, longtime listener. My dad introduced me to the show when I was a freshman. During school year, we would listen during car rides together. During the summer, we would listen after dinner on Tuesdays, kind of like an appointment viewing, but for podcasts. Uh, I like to think I am a cinephile now, and I owe it to my dad and your show. Thank you. I wanted to write you guys to recommend a movie for you all to watch and hopefully discuss on the show. It came to theaters in October, but has not been reviewed or discussed. It is called it lives inside. It is a PG 13 horror movie that many say is about the Asian American immigration experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually think it is a horror movie that is really about the experience of being a child of Asian immigrants in America. That is why I think you guys should watch it. As a child of Asian immigrants myself, I could very much relate to the main character. I think Dave and Devendra especially can relate to it too. And I think Jeff would very much enjoy it. Most of all, I think it would make for a great discussion on your main feed. I also think this movie has gone under the radar. I fear it is because it is about South Asians. I have many South Asian friends, and I fear their issues are very similar to mine as an East Asian. But it does bother me that a movie that provides good representation of South Asians and was a horror movie that came out in October, Halloween month, was so easily and quickly ignored. Anyway, I very much hope you'll watch it and review it. It came from Neon and is in the screener set that was sent to Dave. I think Devendra has it too?
3: How do you know this? (laughs) I
2: think maybe that whole I'm not related to Dave thing is mm, (laughs) questionable. I did post
0: about the Neon set on my my Instagram.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Inside your
0: house right now. In any event, the movie It Lives Inside is coming to Hulu on December 29th. Yes, 2023 as we're recording this as we are recording this. Thanks so much for the show and all the hard work you put into it. Thanks for providing something my dad and I bond over. It has helped us get closer. It would really blow him away if you decided to do a review of the movie and mentioned me just saying you don't have to do this. I would just be thrilled if you reviewed this movie. End quote. That comes from Rick writing the slashcastgmail.com. Let us know where you're from. Lovely email, Rick. Uh, We are probably to Rick's dad too. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah. shout out to Rick's dad. But
2: that you reading that part kind of ruins the like. If we just did it and didn't read that part, I think it's cooler. Yeah,
0: but I don't think we're going to do a review of it lives inside at this point. However, we could have mentioned him and his
2: dad and would have been like, hey, we we just we just thought of mentioning his Mm -hmm. dad and shout out to his dad and he would have felt cool instead of like would have felt
0: cool. But anyway, it lives inside. Uh-huh. Uh, it's going to be out. By the time you're listening to this, it's going to be out on Hulu. And I, uh, I, this is something I have heard great things about. Uh, and mm-hmm. I am going to watch it before our top 10 of the year episode. Uh, and I will try to discuss it in the week afterwards during what we'll be watching uh, because I've heard great things about it. And
1: it, is, it does feel like a movie that has been under talked about. Domingo, I think this is on your radar as well, right? I mean, it is on my radar. I've been meaning to watch it for a while. It's just so many other things came out. I also feel like this movie didn't get as much like marketing support or as much of a push as other films. And, you know, I don't know. I kind of of feel that way about a lot of South Asian movies that get released here. Or even things like Polite Polite Society got a great push. But I feel like the conversation around that uh, just kind of fizzled off, unfortunately. So, you know, I'll be checking this out. I've heard good things. Indeed. Indeed. Well, the movie
0: is It Lives Inside. And it'll be available on Hulu right now. It's also available on, on for purchase or rent, video on demand. And uh, yeah, you check it out, uh, according to Rick and his dad. All right. Chris writes into slash filmcast at gmail.com. I felt compelled to reach out to you after eight years of listening because you guys were part of something very special that happened to be yesterday. My son Lucas was born on December 20th. He's healthy, adorable, and just everything I could have ever asked for. I'm writing to you because while I was in the hospital, sleep-deprived and an emotional mess, holding my boy while my wife slept, I popped on the film cast to stay awake. Staring at and holding my son while trying not to laugh at how much more popular you guys are over the majority of the trash on Netflix just filled my heart with joy. I think it was because it was the first thing I did with my son that I love to do, and that's listen to y'all. Aww. Hope you all have a fantastic holiday with your families, and know that I'm training the next generation to listen to the film cast. And the multi generational emails over here, incredible, it's
2: great, yeah. What a what a wonderful email.
0: Yes, Thank glad, you. Uh, I'm glad people are passing down mm-hmm. the filmcast uh to their children. We're infecting multiple right. generations. Yes, now. yeah, uh, and also we're old. You know, uh, that's how that's how long we've been doing this. Is uh. We can be passed down from generation to generation. <laughs> well, I didn't want to
2: mention it, what with uh, uh, our our friends mentioning his dad, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Rick, right? Rick mentioning his dad. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Y- y- when you said he was 17 and his last name is Chen, I was like, he could be your son. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Indeed. Old enough to, uh, young yeah. enough to be, I guess. Yeah, you are, yeah, enough you are old enough to be his dad is more yes. the point. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm trying to make. <laughs> totally true. Totally
0: true. And yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. I think I'll have been doing this for... Uh, certainly over 15 years at this point, you know, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I think it was around 16 years ago this month, if I recall correctly, or maybe like November that, uh, I, I recorded my very first podcast. So, yeah, ours, was uh, my,
3: my
2: first podcast was March 20, uh, 2007. So, uh, that's whatever so that yeah, is.
0: We, we, we started the same year then Jeff
2: yeah. started the same
0: year. Uh, and it, 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 it was a whole different world for podcasts back then. Like you, it's I, a whole I different
2: think, world for world
0: for world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you needed to plug your iPod into the iTunes and sync uh, to yeah. get the podcast onto your device. Yes, you did. Yep. And, and and it was either that or listen via iTunes. And those are the only way, or you know, go to the website. Mm-hmm. Those are the only ways to listen to podcasts. Uh, now you people people did it. <laughs> so they needed that. <laughs> Audio That's the content. craziest part is that people yeah. did it. There were dozens of them. <laughs> dozens <laughs> of people did that process,
1: uh, and that is how we are here today. So, anyway,
3: mm-hmm.
0: what, what uh, was your... you gonna
1: say? Uh, podcast listening while taking care of an infant is a great thing because you often don't want the screens on. You can't have a TV, but you're you're sitting probably for hours with a sleeping child, and you got you need something, and podcasts are perfect because you could just put in the earbuds and entertain yourself in other ways you know indeed jeff was your first podcast uh totally rad show by the way or
0: was i it mean actually else?
2: i i i stated the date for the first totally rad show but mm. i i actually did a podcast earlier than that because i did a, a show that dan trachtenberg did before the totally rad show called geek drome geek drome yes, yeah. so uh, i did alex albrecht and i did an episode of geek drome Prior to that, I think that was mm-hmm. in, in, in mid to late 2006.
3: If oh, I recall wow. correctly, yeah. Perfect,
0: man. Wow. I mean, so- even I, I don't even know how. Like, I guess podcasts existed at that time as well, but you know, yeah. even yeah. fewer yeah, yeah, people yeah. had iPods. I mean, well, like,
2: so yeah, D- Dignation had started about two years before we started Totally Rad Show. So that was like 2005. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Dignation and, you know, uh, Twit and um, whatever. um, What's his name? The old VJ, uh, whatever he was doing. um, What's his name? The guy who started podcasting? um, Adam? No. What's his name? He used to be a VJ on MTV. Anyway. Adam Adam Sessler? No. No, 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 no.
1: no, no, no. (laughs) No, you know that guy.
2: Uh, oh. it's gonna bug me that I can't think of it because everybody knows he, he.
1: Adam Curry. He, Adam, Adam Curry. Curry thank yes, you. that's what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> so but Adam, yeah, it was like that era. Yeah. He,
2: yeah, he and Leo Laporte and you know the Revision Three folks, like they, they were the sort of first round of, of um, uh, yeah. podcasting. That was like 2005. I want to say 2000. Yeah, 2004. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, we were like that second wave by the time that by that point, like revision three was a thing. Like, the, re- the reason revision three existed is because there was no way to distribute video <laughs> podcasts, there was uh-huh. no like they wanted to do video, yeah, and there was no way to distribute it. There was, there was no, no YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was no easy way. People don't even freaking understand how <laughs> wild west it was, and yeah. Like, and, and if
0: you wanted to get a video podcast, yeah, it would be. The process honestly was a little bit ridiculous because you, you'd have a video iPod, and then you would need to download a video podcast onto your iTunes and then sync that to your video iPod
1: to watch it on the go. These kids with their TikToks have no clue.
0: Yeah, to yeah. live through. Yeah. it's
2: so it's it's it was a wild time. Trivial yeah. to do, and you know when we did the Totally Rad Show, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to pat ourselves too much on the back, but we like figured out how to do green screen. Like there was no yeah, off, yeah, off yeah. the shelf software yeah, yeah, for that yeah, there was yeah. no plug-in there was no we had to like go to home depot and find fabric and we like had <laughs> we had it was very hard to do green screen <laughs> it was really hard yeah. uh, anyway yeah, yeah. A it's a whole it's old world. anyway old so uh, old so but, old. but honestly that was like four years before um uh, Mark Marin invented podcasting. so oh, yeah. It's yeah, totally. weird that we were already doing it and making which a living. Which itself
0: was like a few years, I think, before Conan O'Brien invented yeah. podcasting. It's really <laughs> the for comedians who made it all a yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much for your uh, messages and emails at slash filmcast at gmail.com. Uh, really appreciate it. Some heartwarming stuff. And thanks for passing on word of the podcast.
2: It's greatly appreciated. By the way, just BT dubs, uh, you know, apropos of nothing. I have been undertaking an a a campaign an active campaign to try to talk my friend alex albrecht into writing a book about Mm. the beginning of podcasting because i think that would be such a useful he was there in it and like he would be able to reach out to all those people and those like that like two or three years cuz i think people genuinely do believe that mark maron invented podcasting
1: <laughs> i also think most people just don't care is the thing like they they listen to their comedian friends and that's it but i do think a real history of, be of, interesting. of what went, That would be cool like, what yeah. happened
2: at that was, that is a a moment in time that those people were present for they were innovating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they were there at something that became huge main like it didn't exist and then it existed and now it's a big mainstream thing there's tv shows where you know steve martin and martin short are podcasters like it's <laughs> it boggles my mind you know
0: yep indeed uh and yeah i think uh have i think you're right that a lot of people do think mark barrett invented podcasting, but i also think you know that's probably true of, of a lot of things in history right That mm-hmm, like right we don't yeah we don't sure. attribute it to the actual correct person um, uh, hopefully yeah, uh, but this is the situation where I know a guy who is yeah, there. You, know a guy, <laughs> you, you don't know who invented the toaster. No, but you know, <laughs> but you know, the guy who might've been there at the beginning of podcasting.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. Let's take a break for a sponsor. We'll be back with what we've been watching right after this.
2: This episode of the film cast is sponsored by better help. You know, we, we come to a new year and everybody says new year, new you. What are you going to change? What are you going to change about yourself? I get it. It's a, it's a time for self-reflection. But what are some things about you that you want to keep the same? Huh? Where are you already doing well? Maybe you finally organized one part of your life. Maybe you want to tackle a new part. Or maybe you're just really feeling motivated. Maybe you've got a good routine down. Whatever it is. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Even better, it makes you think about yourself in new ways. Self-examination, that's what it's all about. I've certainly benefited from that in my time and honestly could do some self-reflection right now to figure out how I can give myself a little pat on the back instead of being so critical to myself all the time. I think it's one of the biggest Issues that I have. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll be matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made and take steps to feel even better about 2024. Visit betterhelp.com slash Filmcast today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. Let's get to what we've been watching. The Devinder Hardware.
0: you and I had the chance to watch The Color Purple. The new which one. Which is, the yeah. The
1: musical, well, the, the adaptation m- of the musical based on the film, based on the book. That's right. The Color Sapphire. Purple.
0: That's right. Um, the color purple is currently in theaters, watch. doing yeah. well right now, um, as far as I can tell. Uh, there, you know, for much of the year, there was debate as to whether this movie would even come out yes. in December because of the strikes. Yeah. Uh, but now it is out. It's it's crushing it uh, at the box office. So, I, just a,
2: it, it proves what I always say. It's always a good idea to remake an Academy Award-winning Spielberg movie.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, well <laughs> turn it to a
2: musical first. You, you know? can't
0: go wrong with that. Can't, can't go wrong. wrong with that. Um, all right. So, Devine, you I, I, I want to say, by the way, I have never seen the movie by Spielberg, nor, have I, nor have I read the book. So. You have
1: never had the experience of your teacher being tired in grade school, <laughs> wheeling in the cart of the big CRT and being like, this is class today.
2: <laughs> it never, never happened to you, Dave? It's
0: That's never happened funny. to me. So this wow. this was my first exposure
1: to this story. This is
2: also
0: uh,
1: probably the the I I don't know. I think the most uh, joyful exposure to this story because mm-hmm. it, it is a dark story, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. uh
0: so what did you think of the color purple division,
1: Gerhard? I uh so I remember watching the Spielberg movie back in the day and uh being like, "Man, this is it is rough. It is, mm-hmm. it is a story, you know, it's based on the Alice Walker book. And I hear the Alice Walker book is even like delves even to more things that the Spielberg uh, movie couldn't. Like there is a, a big subplot around um, around homosexuality that is like a major part of the story. And that is who Alice Walker, you know, wanted to focus her narrative on too. That wasn't in the movie. But then it was transformed into musical. I haven't seen the musical, but my wife did. So when I had a chance to watch a screener of this movie, uh, my wife was totally down and uh, I, you know, I, I think this is a beautiful film. It's a beautiful musical. Um, it's kind of difficult to do a
2: musical about this because there's nothing that rhymes with purple.
1: The, you know what, Jeff? <laughs> they, they try. <laughs> there, there are things. I, I, I won't say like the songs are like, I, I'm not a big musical fan, especially mm-hmm. big, yeah, like, I, I'm you know, surprised opera. you
0: watch this because I know you're not a big musical fan. Yeah, general, my, yeah. Well, my
1: wife was totally down. And also watching the trailers for this, this movie looks beautiful. It yeah. looks incredible. Uh, it was directed by Blitz Wule, who's an African director who I believe also has a movie. It's on Netflix right now, The Burial of Kojo, which people are talking about. So just based on the look of the movie and the way some of the set pieces were shown in the trailer, I was intrigued. Also has a great cast. So I had a great time with this movie. A fantastic cast. Raji P. Henson, Coleman Domingo, Danielle Brooks. Danielle Brooks, who should be in more movies, but has basically been relegated to TV so far. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big, bold movie. It's beautiful. It's tremendously sad at times because of what it's actually covering. And it's like, it's deeply depressing, but it finds, uh, you know, a, a morsel of hope and it builds on it in many ways. And I think that's really why people keep coming back to this story. I think, just based on what I've seen, this is far more, you know, joyful and hopeful than the Spielberg movie because it has kind of a lighter tint to it, even though bad things do happen. So I really enjoyed it, Um, but you really got to be a fan of musicals to really get the most out of this, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple thoughts on that last point. I I saw this uh, article recently about how uh, movie studios are actively trying to conceal... The fact that movies are musicals. Yes. Um, so, in, in fact, December, December yeah, yep. had two musicals come out, Wonka and The Color Purple, uh, where I, I'll just say, you know, people may disagree on this, but I'll just say it was pretty not obvious that both of those <laughs> movies were musicals.
2: Yes. My uh, favorite subgenre is surprise musical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what yeah. is also
1: a musical? The new Mean Girls that's coming out next yes.
2: year. Yeah yeah no, no, uh, very no no one's mentioning that. in the trailer. If, if yeah. you guys want
1: to play a fun meta game,
0: like try to see all the ways. That that movie's marketing tries to acknowledge and also conceal the fact that it is a musical. Yeah, because it it it, like I looked at the poster and there's like a musical note in the uh, there's a musical note in the in the title. The title is
2: not Mean Girls,
1: the musical.
0: Yeah, it's not musical. It's not Mean Girls, the musical. We're not hiding
2: it. Look at that musical note. It's right
0: there. (laughs) Even though that's what it is, and I think and the reason is because they have good reason, Mm -hmm. which is
2: that people just don't like going to the movie theater to see musicals. Apparently, (laughs) we we're making something you hate we're just not telling you that's what it is Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. but then
0: but then when they get in they're like oh okay it's not so bad
2: right that's yeah that's literally the dynamic can I tell you something yeah you're describing me because (laughs) if I had known (laughs) Wanda was a musical I would have been much less inclined to go see it yeah and once I was there I was like oh these songs are delightful yeah that's
0: fine (laughs) that's I'm fine with it so it's pe- so true. It's so, so weird. They have data. They have the data. They've, They've been the watching me. Right. Basically, yeah. Jeff, you are what's wrong with America right now. <laughs> I kind of, freely am, admit that. Am, well, also me. Also me.
1: Both Musicals of will turn me off. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, if I knew you as a musical, that would make me more likely to go watch it. But <laughs> I am a vanishingly small p- uh, portion of the American population
3: apparently.
0: <laughs> Uh, so, anyway, The Color Purple, Wonka, and Mean Girls—they're all musicals, guys. You heard it here first on the FilmCast, <laughs> uh, and you know, and it's fun to like see. Like all the euphemisms they use to like <laughs> yeah. cover up the fact that it's music. so, it's like you know the color purple, like you've never seen it before, you know, like or Mean Girl, a reimagining of Mean Girl. This yeah. ain't your mother's
1: Mean Girls, <laughs>
0: you know. Like it's just it's hilarious to see all like the ways I, they try the to. The trailer
1: like, for the color of purple, I think, showed like some of the big dance. Yeah, it images. showed, it showed some of the say, big dancing. It images, is beautiful. Like yeah. the I love the choreography. I love the setup. I love the imagery in this movie. Um.
2: Yeah, it's totally worthwhile. Well, I yeah. had been aware this color purple was coming out for quite a while. This literally is the first time I'm aware that yeah. it's a musical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, uh, that's uh, so I, I, I have a chance to see the movie as well, and uh, I think everything Davinder says is correct. I think it, it is really well done. Uh, what is interesting about the way the musical numbers are shot is they're all shot like. On the location of the yes. place, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, so sometimes when there's a, a musical number, I think this happens in Waka, but I'm
1: not sure. But like, well, this happened in uh, w- uh, the the Spielberg one.
0: Well, I was gonna say sometimes like yeah. people like go off to like a fantasy world, you know? So mm. like when mm-hmm. the musical start, when the musical number starts, then they're no longer in the place that they were when when the musical like the musical number yeah. started. Right? They go off into this imaginary place where like lots of people are dancing and all that stuff. Um, and what the color purple does uh, it, it keeps virtually all of their musical numbers like on location which is just really interesting because everyone's wearing period outfits and so i, like, I was
1: thinking of west side story the way spielberg did west side story and made yeah, huge yeah, yeah, yeah. sets you know? very similar yeah. very similar to that where like uh, all the singing and
0: dancing or mo- not all but most mm-hmm. of the singing and dancing happens on the location in the set you know sometimes out what seems like out in the middle of the woods and that's just really visually interesting. I think there's a, a a few too many cuts in the movie in terms mm-hmm. of uh, the dance I numbers. I wish you yeah. know, like uh, honestly, uh, Damien Chazelle's La La Land. I thought that it did a great job of like, hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna have people doing elaborate dance number, and we're gonna like hold on a shot for longer than three seconds. You know, like this, this movie I,
1: shoots wide at the very least. But yes, they exactly. cut.
0: They cut so they, often. They cut a yeah. lot. It, there's a lot of cuts, and I really wish. You know, when you're watching people dance, you want to see the choreography. And that, in my opinion, requires holding a shot for longer than like five seconds. So you can see like what's going on and how, how people are acting in relationship to each other. I agree. The cast is amazing, Davindra, And Taraj B. Henson is luminous in the film. She is so good. ridiculously good in this movie. Um and worth seeing just to see her perform- she's so charismatic in this movie and uh the star of the of the movie and also like in the plot kind of the star of the, mm-hmm. of the plot as well. Um so I, I think it's a really well done musical. Now I will say that uh having not been exposed to this material before it, it is very it's, rough. Odd. it's rough, man. it is very odd yeah. to have this because so, musicals, in my opinion, as somebody who loves musicals, has appeared in, like, I've appeared in musicals, I've played in pit orchestra. You've musicals. appeared in musicals? Like, you know, which in my, musicals? I, which musicals? In, in high school and stuff, you know?
2: That's what yeah, saying. which one? <laughs> um Bye Bye Birdie. Little, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, 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 what do we do, Dave? What, what, a little uh, Music Man? What are we talking Joseph about?
3: Joseph
0: and the Amazing Tech.
2: Oh, group, go, 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 Joseph. <laughs> You're doing fine.
0: Yeah, anyway, so p- point being, like, uh, I have a deep affection for musicals uh and i musicals are inherently goofy you know like they're just like hey everyone, everyone's going to start singing for some reason you know we're going to start singing and dancing for for some reason and like uh they're just inherently goofy and then to see it juxtaposed with this subject matter uh is was disorienting for me uh i'm i'm not going to lie about that uh but i think yeah mm-hmm. the songs the dance numbers are all well done uh i just think like when I when I see a musical, I'm generally like, "Hey, let's!" I'm a, I'm in a goofy mood, you know. I'm, I want to see a goofy musical, and, and that's not really what you're going to get when you watch the color purple. So. It, it, I mean, I it's a deeply lot of not goofy.
2: I mean, there's a lot yeah. of like yeah, yeah, musicals yeah, yeah. that deal with pretty heavy topics. I mean, that's very opera, you
1: know. Absolutely, yeah. but Absolutely. this is almost like, um, let's do Schindler's List the musical, right? I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, so I, something I, like that. I, I yeah. think the
0: one that like comes to mind the most immediately that I've been involved with is a uh, cabaret, right? That's uh, yes. a pretty, right. pretty upsetting subject matter yeah. In, yeah. in that, in that musical. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, but I, I would also argue I felt the same way about that. Jeff can <laughs> so anyway, I
2: mean, yeah. uh, what's the barber of Seville? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm.
1: But that's more of a comedy, is the thing. Yeah,
0: like that's, that's a horror dark. comedy.
1: It's yeah. yeah. dark, but it's it's not like that. Not a real person. Not real things that happen to real people. You know. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, well, anyway, I, I don't know yeah. enough about that to be the, able to the talk meat about pie it, barber. I mean, yeah. it has been done. So, yeah. I don't
0: know. in any case. In any case, uh, this is a really well done yeah. movie musical. I could see why and, it's doing
1: well in theaters because it's also, it would be great to see this in the crowd. I saw this at home with my wife because we can't make it to theaters, but man, I could just imagine how crowds are reacting to this.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, re- really, really well done in many respects. A beautiful movie, as Devendra said. You can see it in the trailers uh, and, uh, and the cast is, uh, is amazing. So uh, a lot to recommend The Color Purple, uh, which is out in theaters right now. That's one thing I've been watching. Your Hardwar, you also had a chance to check out The Iron Claw this week. Uh-huh. And I'm curious what your take on it was, because Jeff and I were a little cool on this movie. We thought it was yeah. okay. We didn't think it was bad, but uh, some people are saying this is one of their best films of the year. What do you think, Hardwar? Let me Hardwar? Uh, <clears throat>
1: let me just get into character here. We've heard some candy ass reviews of The iron claw from some cowardly commentators. Who wouldn't recognize a good wrestling movie if it came flying at them from the ropes. I'm here to tell you the real deal. It's fantastic.
2: Wow. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Who knew this... that Davinder could cut a promo? I, Nicely
1: done. I have watched wrestling. I know wrestling. There you go. Um, Nicely done, Davinder. That no, was I, very I good. I freaking. This movie is fantastic, guys. And I guess I can understand. Like, it is not. It's not a perfect film. You know, I, I think I, like you're saying, Jeff, like I think the way it shoots the wrestling and stuff could be done better. Again, if you're shooting action, folks, shoot wide, let things <laughs> live a little bit. There's um, I'm watching the trailer now as I'm talking about this. And there's a great shot of three of the brothers just clump, jumping into the ring and getting right into a fight altogether. And that is a beautiful shot. And the movie needed kind of more of that. But what it is, I think, is um, one of it, it's a film about one of the greatest American tragedies you know, that I can think of, or at least like it is, this is an operatic tragedy is the thing. And I understand it's not fully true to life. I know it made plenty of changes, but-
2: They I removed it, a whole brother, you know? They that,
1: removed right? a whole brother, yeah. removed, uh, the, changed the gender of the, the children from one of the brothers too. Um, but what it is, is such a deeply American story, I'd say, a story about chasing success, a story about you know succeeding at all costs um no matter what it does to your family um i just found it deeply deeply moving because ultimately what this movie is is a story about brothers and brotherhood trying to support each other while under the command of a deeply controlling father who only wants to make up for like what he couldn't achieve right he doesn't really see his children or care about his kids he sees a family he sees a dynasty that can win wrestling you know wrestling stuff for him wrestling belts like they they can win things they could become famous and i just found it deeply deeply moving like it is sad and depressing by the end like i heard i have known a little bit about this story so i know like things were going to go bad towards the end but the way it is portrayed here zach efron does such an amazing job of just being like a guy who has grown up under this very controlling father to become the apex. Like his, his physical transformation is amazing, but also the way he looks out for his brothers, I think is deeply moving. I loved all the scenes with all them just hanging out and trying to like be together. And there's a moment early on where he talks to his mom played by Maura Tierney to be like, a dad's being way too rough to, uh, to one of the kids. I think Mike, the one who's not super muscly, the one who's a little more creative, and artistic. And the mom's like, that's between them. I'm not going to deal with this. And this entire movie, this entire tragedy, really comes down to parents not really being parents, but forming a little a, a little dynasty that they want to be famous. And the fame, it's fame at all costs. So by the end of this thing, like I was reminded of like Greek tragedy or biblical tragedy, right? Somebody who is a a powerful father who wants to achieve so much and sends their kids off into doom to achieve that and never really sees the error of his ways. So I found it deeply, deeply moving. Like it is a sad movie guys, but also it also made me think about just like the costs of wrestling too, right? We watch these things and as sure, a lot of fights are pre-arranged, right? Like there was a whole storyline that gets discussed, but people get hurt. People have to get hit. Things have to look believable. And so this movie is also about the human cost of that and how much we don't really think about that when we're watching wrestling Um, I don't know. It just it deeply moved me. Like I was kind of weeping by the end because uh, we get a couple scenes at the end, which I I would say are not normal for Sean Durkin's movies, and it just kind of broke me. Is the thing. So I can understand like why people are loving this. I think this movie is fantastic, and uh, you know, I just I want to put the full the full throwdown that this movie (laughs) is incredible on this podcast. I got to be on that side of the ring.
0: I'm glad you liked it. I I am highly sympathetic to the to that. Theme of parents driving children too hard. Yeah, A- yeah. As an immigrant child, like that's something that I really resonate. I felt this, I felt this resonate so with. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I just the, that part of the movie didn't connect with me fully be- because of the way the movie structured, as I've discussed. You know, well, so, H- McElhenney
1: yeah. is fantastic in this yeah. because he's just like he's, he's deeply. Awesome. He's awesome, but he's also like so sociopathic. Right. It is all about the win. It's all about what yeah. you can do in the ring. Like people die in the movie, um, but. The conversations immediately to like, okay, who can who can win this for us? What's next? And it's like him, him as a personality, is just so toxic and so disgusting. So yeah, that's kind of what sold it for me. Uh, well, I'm glad you liked it. The Iron Claw is the name of the film,
0: and it is out in theaters right now. Devindra liked it a lot. Uh, Jeff Kanata and I thought it was okay, uh, and that is something Devindra Hard has been watching this week.
2: Jeff Kanata. What have you been watching this week? Uh, I had a, a chance to check out another movie that has been discussed uh, by everybody else on the podcast, uh, and that is uh, Netflix's "Leave the World Behind," which uh, I believe neither of you cared oh, for. I, li- I liked no, it. Devendra liked I it a liked it. lot. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did, I did Despite not like the it. ending. Yeah. I did not like it at all. Yeah, I I also liked it a lot. Uh, it it it's an interesting movie. It is. Uh, I mean, it's really wonderful to see Julia Roberts working. Uh, again, mm-hmm. uh, I think she's great.
1: She's also great with Samus meal in general. Like the, the yeah. other thing they did was fantastic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And this is a really um, timely movie in that it, it sort of is about now is about everybody's sort of just general feeling of dread. And uh, there's something out there that's going wrong and I don't really know what it is and I don't have a clear sense of why. But man, I just, every, everybody else is scary. The world is scary. Mm -hmm. I'm scared. And I think it really, for me, hit that nerve that I think is palpable right now. This sort of ominous, vague (laughs) sense of worry. And um, I thought it was, it it beautifully illustrated that. And also was kind of um, a very tense almost like a play. I mean, it's mm-hmm, a very, mm-hmm. uh, very constrained and very, um, very singular in its, you in, know, in, I guess it goes places, but mostly it's just people kind of sitting around not trusting each
3: other. And, yes, uh, yeah.
2: and I loved, I loved that where I, where I landed in, in the audience, as an audience member, uh, that kind of like who, who is telling the truth, what's happening, what's go- really going on, you know, uh, that, that vague sense of worry. Is it overblown? Is there real reason to worry? I just thought the movie really nailed that feeling that so many of us have right now in, in the end of 2023. Uh, and I didn't have a problem with the ending. I mean, I don't want to sp- talk about mm-hmm, it specifically, mm-hmm. but since both of you have said you didn't care for the ending, I didn't, I, have a I didn't mind it. the ending very I, much, I, 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 I never can said, understand yeah. why people, didn't. I never said yeah. anything about the ending. So, yeah. uh, or, oh, I you said, I guess,
0: oh yeah, actually, sorry, sorry. I, I got confused. Um, Yes, the way the movie ends, I was not a, I was not a fan. Mm-hmm. Yes, I yeah. will agree
2: with that. Yep. I, I went in with the movie knowing that you guys both kind of were uh, less than enthused about the ending, and I, uh, so I kept waiting for. I mean, maybe that's why, because I had this expectation mm-hmm. of it being a real uh, kind of sour ending, and uh, I did not have that. I, I thought it was a little cheeky, but um, it's. I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a really good sit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's, it really resonated with me. The conversation, I mean, very much how my wife and I, uh, our dynamic is is she gets worried about stuff, and I'm like, what what what's to worry about? I'll, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I <laughs> you're, felt you're very like the Ethan, Ethan Hawke Hawk character yeah, yeah, in the movie, yeah, <laughs> Just a useless man. Sorry, a <laughs> useless man. Yes, and I feel like in that situation, I would also be a useless man. Uh, you know, without nothing the use- without his phone. I have nothing without <laughs> technology. I'm like, do you need me to do something? I will Google how to do that. Can't Google how to do that. I am a useless man. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, uh, I really thought it, it, it felt tense. I was kind of on the edge of my seat mm-hmm, throughout, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just the 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 inherent mystery of of it all, and the you know, the the questions that I kept having, and I thought the performances were great, and it felt like a very um, small movie about big things in a lot of ways, but I also, mm-hmm. you know. The way he shoots a movie is so interesting. Mm-hmm. He is he I, is so creative. Yeah. I think Dave you said like calm down with the camera moves, but that was I,
1: yeah, that was the draw. I love. it. It was it. both of us. I but it. uh I, I like it. it, but I also think like he can overdo it because I think the most powerful scenes in that movie are just like reverse shot reverse shots like two people oh, totally. having a conversation. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a, a play, time. and and
2: yeah. sitting at a table in the kitchen table and yes. having a conversation is the most riveting part of this movie. But having said that, I'm there for the the, the camera does move. Camera like flipping well. on its head and coming out the <laughs> hole in the top of the building. And Jeff, you really
1: got to see. You should check out Homecoming, the first season with Julia Roberts and also directed by Sam Mail. Not you do like Mister. Mister. Robot. I forget if you've seen that.
0: Oh yeah, I, I watched Mister. Robot. Yeah, uh, but Homecoming is season one
1: is very good. I it's
2: would very say. good, and so, I like yeah.
1: season two as well.
2: So. Well, cool. Yeah, I think I, 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 my sense is maybe you guys can disagree. Disagree, but my sense is I, I thought leave the world behind. I liked it more than either of you, but maybe maybe I'm overstating. I do I, like I, it a lot. I do yeah, like I it. I thought a lot. it was I, I really be clear. worth watching and very interesting movie uh, of its mm-hmm. time, speaking to our time and and you know, kind of making me feel, um, a bit of sadness for the fact mm-hmm. that it's so of its time. Like that's that's this. This place that I know I'm in, and I think a lot of people are, yeah. Is kind of like we have dread about what, just general dread, you there's know. There's general d- dread.
1: Yeah. It's not a very subtle movie, but we do not live in subtle times.
2: <laughs> That's like true. The, the
1: stupidity and the the evil around us is so very obvious that I, I I sort of give the movie a pass for that. I will be interested to see how people. Uh, you guys will probably never watch the trailer for this, but uh, Alex Garland's Civil War trailer dropped over the last few weeks, and. That looks like a direct continuation of like what this movie yeah. is doing. And I look at that trailer. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't want to see any of that.
2: Actually, yeah, I haven't seen
1: the trailer, yeah. but I,
2: I, I know the premise of the movie and mm-hmm. I am very intrigued specifically because that's who's making yeah. it right. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's a filmmaker. I really, you know, uh, yeah. liked a lot Same. of stuff. So.
0: Well, that is leave the world behind. It's streaming right now. on Netflix. It's something else. Jeff cannot has been watching this week. Let's take a break for another sponsor. We'll be back with more of what we've been watching right after this. All right, folks. Uh, I have been trying to catch up on movies for the top 10 of the year list. I'm really close to being done. I think I have like three to four movies left. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be... I'll feel ready to, to make my list. Um, but one of the movies that I really wanted to check out was The Taste of Things. Uh, this is not a movie that's going to be out until... February of 2024, I believe, uh, in theaters. It's being distributed by IFC. Uh, I believe this is France's entry into the Academy Awards instead of Anatomy of a Fall. So I had to see the movie that France thought was going to win the Oscar (laughs) instead of Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, and I have to say the taste of things is extremely good. Uh, it is, it belongs in the pantheon of food movies uh one of those movies that shows you the beauty of cooking the beauty of food how important food can be Uh, essentially it takes place in the i think the 1800s and it's about this um uh this couple that cook together and that's most of the plot of the movie uh it's about this (laughs) this family that cook together or not family just a couple and um and kind of their reflections on food and food's role in their lives. And I think the the movie is two hours and 15 minutes, if I recall correctly. And a good 40 to 45 minutes of that time is literally just watching people prepare food wordlessly. There's I no explanation of what they're doing. There's no diagrams or superimposed text. It's just you're watching them prepare food. And the food is shot very beautifully, and mm-hmm. uh, it looks delicious, and uh, and it just reinforces like the centrality of food's role in our lives. Um, but it's also specifically a testament to French cooking and some of the dishes that are common to France because the movie takes place there, uh, and uh. It's just a a lovely,
1: beautiful, moving
0: experience.
1: I I do plan to see this one, Dave, uh, specifically because it's directed by uh, Anhung Tran, who is a director. I've loved The Scent of Green Papaya. Um, I didn't like his Norwegian Wood adaptation. I think I talked about it on the show, actually. Mm. Um, But he is a really interesting filmmaker about capturing very quiet moments. So I'm not surprised. Like so much of the movie is just people making food.
0: Yeah. No, no explanation. Again, they they don't, don't, no one's narrating. Like, here's what I'm doing. Like it's, it's just, they're just doing the thing for, for, I I think the opening 20 minutes is just cooking. No Mm -hmm. words or dialogue basically. And, uh, it's a really interesting experience. It's a really cool. interesting experience. So yeah, and Davindra, and I specifically thought of you because I know you're into this kind of stuff.
1: I'm into this stuff um, and I'm also into this director. And yeah. it's cool to see France like give it some love. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, I I actually was very skeptical going into this movie. I was like, I don't I don't think this is gonna really be my thing, but ended up being a movie I really, really like. It's the taste of things. It will be out in theaters in February of twenty twenty four, and I assume on video and demand shortly after that. Uh, and it's very good. All right, Devendra Hardwar, hit us up with something else. I, 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 you know what this week is, yeah. I realize, is like all of us catching up on stuff We're mopping that, up. Yeah. that the other people have been talking about on the podcast in previous weeks. But mm-hmm. uh, Devendra, you had a chance to watch All of Us Strangers, Yes. Uh, which is, I think, a movie that's out in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like this movie. What did you think, Devendra?
1: I love this movie, but uh, I will just say the basic premise of it, so I forget yeah. if uh, if we did that last time. But it is there, so Jeffy, if you want to take off your headphones, maybe maybe do that, I don't know, uh, your call. Um, but I absolutely adore this movie, and I've heard the basic pitch of it before, because people have talked about it openly in reviews. It's right there in all the summaries, actually. It's about a man who is very lonely and somehow finds himself having conversations with his parents again. Yeah. And just that concept is uh, his parents from when he was a young child. Uh, just that concept yeah. Yeah. is very, very intriguing. Um, but I found this movie, um, you know, deeply, deeply moving mainly because Andrew Scott just really sells the face of a man who is deeply lonely, like has lost a part of himself since he was a child and like has been trying to build it back up, but can't quite communicate with other people. And, um, just watching him react to his parents played by Jamie Bell and Claire Foy, who are also the person you know his parents trapped in the time when he was a child so they have these you know sort of so social expectations of that time he seeing them chat talk with him and how much they love him but also how much they cannot quite um come to terms or like or at least it's a little difficult for them to come to terms with his homosexuality because that's it's a very different thing in the 90s or the 80s whenever whenever that all happened so just all that is fantastic and then Paul Mescal is here as a sort of like um manic pixie dream dude
3: just like just like a dude
1: who lives in an apartment building which is kind of uh dystopian because they're the only two people living in this ultra modern apartment building and paul mescal just appears and like tries to open this guy up and this movie goes places i did not expect i did not expect it to to do things that it did towards the end um but i have to say like it reduced me to a blubbering mess because it is it's ultimately like this guy just wants to connect and like has is trying to figure out how to love, you know, and he's trying to get that with through conversations with his parents. He's trying to get that with this guy here. um, And it is just quite that journey of opening up his heart. And I found it, you know, just deeply, deeply beautiful. It is um, it is an unexpectedly beautiful movie. But expect to cry because I think it's hard to watch this thing and not be tearing up just based on like how these relationships form and how people talk to each other. And also I was a deeply moved by how Andrew Scott related to his, you know, the past versions of his parents. There's a scene where he just like curls up in bed with them, like how a kid would, because he had a really bad night. And I found th- it's just so beautiful. It's just so, it's like one of those things of how like, you know, at heart we are ultimately the, the kids, you know, we're the kids we grew up as, you know, in a certain sense. And he certainly was too, because he's going through like arrested develop- development or something. I love this movie. It's tremendous. If you can see it in theaters, do so. It's just beautiful. The movie is all of us strangers. And yeah,
0: this is uh, definitely competing for a spot in my top 10 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really liked it as well. And, um, and just the premise, which again is revealed in the first yes. 10 minutes of the movie uh is is like a really powerful one so
1: yeah Uh, also great great like great look at just like i guess london and traveling around england too like it has a really good sense of place which i really enjoy yeah
3: yeah
0: uh the movie is all of us strangers out in theaters right now jeff canada hit us up with something else you've been watching this week
2: well a little a little lighter fare uh (laughs) not quite uh end of the year catching up more hanging out with uh, my co- kids over Christmas. Conceivably it is, Jeff. Conceivably it <laughs> is. Conceivably. Yeah. Well, I will reveal, not for me, The not for me, we'll, we'll not make my top 10, but mm. uh, it doesn't mean I didn't have a wonderful yeah. time. Amazing it exists. Yes. Wonderful time watching uh, the new Ardman animation film, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Nice. Uh, we watched with my children uh, and- I am a huge Ardman animation fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Wallace and Gromit is a, I, I, there was a moment where I discovered Wallace and Gromit as a young person <laughs> and it was like this revelation of like, what is this genius yeah, You thing? can do
1: this? Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and so, yeah, I've been a huge fan of of uh, Ardman animation for for many years. I mean, it's been around for half a century or more. Uh, and made made some of my favorite things, like Wallace and Gromit. I loved the first Chicken Run. It's a masterpiece. Way back in 2000. It's a 23-year-old movie, which is wild to me. You know know how you know it's old? It's because the lead character (laughs) was played by Mel Gibson. (laughs) Yes. In a children's movie. In a children's Mm -hmm. movie. Uh, That's how you know it is old. Uh, That lead character is back in this sequel, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Uh, They didn't bring back Mel. Uh, re- recast that. So Zachary what? Levi what? Uh, is... Yeah. yeah In, in yeah. this economy?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> in yeah. This, in this political environment, they didn't want to bring back
2: imagine, Mel Gibson?
3: Imagine
1: if they it, did recast him <laughs> as just Mel Gibson today. Just angry, <laughs> angry racist man. It hmm. is
2: f- funny. I mean, I don't want to be too on the nose here, but it is funny <laughs> that a movie about a uh, an analog to concentration camps mm-hmm.
3: uh, is... Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: anyway. Anyway, 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 I don't um, know funny is the word I'd use, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, both of the main characters, Ginger and Rocky, if you recall from a 23 year old uh, movie, um, both of them have been recast. Zachary mm-hmm. Levi plays Rocky and Thandie Newton plays Ginger in this uh, adaptation. Milda Stanton is back. Love her. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's. <laughs> it's a sequel that is such a long time in coming that I don't think anybody notices that the voices aren't the same, yeah. and that's okay. This is really about the next generation of these characters. Um, the two main characters from the first Chicken Run have had a child, and it is uh, about that that child's kind of adventure, and and it, it flips the 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 premise on its head. In that, if you recall from the first Chicken Run, it's a bunch of chickens in a in a, a poultry farm trying to escape, and this one is the opposite of that. They're trying to break into a poultry farm. Uh, and it 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 has some really clever, I think, um, uh, subverting your expectations kind of moments. And I just love stop motion animation. I am such a huge fan of stop motion. It really captured my imagination as a kid. And I think, you know, the Tauntauns in, in Empire Strikes Back and you know, just the way that you could, you know, even like the California raisins when I was a kid, like it just, the way you could take something that I could pick up and hold in mm-hmm, my hand mm-hmm. and is an inanimate object and make that have life and character and emotions. Uh, I, I've always just been so dazzled by that. And I think this is a, uh, you know, a, a level of that skill on display of that artistry on display that is very, very high caliber. I mean, it is, um, it, it's a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful movie. It's fun and funny. And the the thing about Aardman is it has always had this streak of English wit to it, uh, you know, with, you know, obviously with Wallace and Gromit, but all, all these characters are, have that kind of dry English comedic sensibility that I also uh, enjoy. So I don't think Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget is a masterpiece i don't think it's it's you know i don't think it is a um uh you know stands alongside the greatest animated movies of all time but it's certainly one i thoroughly enjoyed my kids had a great time be aware i mean this should be self-evident i guess Uh but this is a movie about murdering chickens to eat them right (laughs) yeah that's the premise so you know if your kids haven't Reconciled with the fact that they're carnivores, yet <laughs> uh, you know it, it may be it may bring up questions you don't want to bring up. <laughs> did it for you? Did it for you, Jeff? Or no? Uh, but I was worried about it. I was worried about <laughs> it. Thought, I think I put two and two together here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was. Weird. I mean, my son. Are I we think the is, baddies, Daddy? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I was worried my daughter was going to uh, ask some questions. She's not ready That's to how you answers. Get vegetarians, to. right? Yeah yeah um but uh but no it you know i think i mean i think this franchise such as it is has a sort of vegetarian bent to it right that the notion is like hey maybe uh industrialized farming ain't so good for the chickens Uh, Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's a necessarily a a bad message to give to kids um but you know just be aware if you're going to be showing your young kids also interestingly I believe this is true. The first Chicken Run is rated G, and this one is rated PG.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: Which G feels like- That movie is I pretty wild. I think that's wild. true. Let me double check. Yeah. But um, uh, I think, yeah, this one's PG, and the first one's G. Um, I, I think that speaks more to where our society has gone, rather than what else is in this movie. I mean, there's, I, I can't imagine there's, it's been a while since I've seen the first Chicken Run, but I know there's like, axes and violent Mm -hmm, implications mm -hmm. you know and this one is is kind of just the same kind of cartoony murder is a running theme of the first movie so yeah yeah so it's interesting to me that 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 has shifted but it's a it's a it's a delightful movie i highly recommend um and especially if you love stop motion animation it's just beautiful
0: the movie is chicken run dawn of the nugget it is on netflix right now it's one other thing jeff canada has been watching this week All right, uh, Devendra, let's bring it home. We just got a couple of other things to mention. Mm -hmm. I had a chance to check out Violent Night last week. By the time you're listening to this, it will be very irrelevant, but I I got it in right under the wire. I watched it on Christmas Day because I was like, according to Jeff Kanata and many other people, this is the last day I can watch this for another year. Yeah. Um, This is
2: last. I talked about this last
0: Christmas. That is correct. That is correct. It is available right. right now on Prime
2: Video. And. So you uh, did you you actually constrained yourself. You had to wait a year to watch this movie. <laughs> because you agree with me that you I, can only watch Christmas movies around Christmas. Honestly, I just didn't get around to it, Jeff. Mm-hmm. But
0: uh, you know, it's is it uh it was the perfect time to catch up this week. And uh the stars aligned, so I checked out Violet Night. Uh the premise of this movie is what if Santa Claus but violent? <laughs> what, yeah. if,
2: what, if what if Santa Claus but kicks ass? What
0: if Santa Claus kicked ass and also uh, you combined Home Alone and Die Hard together in a <laughs> yeah. movie? Uh, and I had a great time with this film. I, I thought it was pretty great. I've you know, I, I read some of the Letterboxd reviews. Many of them were quite uh, negative to lukewarm. I honestly don't know what people were expecting. Um, this <laughs> is a movie where the the promise is you're going to see Santa Claus kick ass and the movie delivers on that promise right so i don't know the the hand to hand combat a lot of it is really great uh and yeah it's it's fun watching david harbor being grumpy santa uh I, I will say the one complaint i do have with the movie it is it is very long it is like over 2 hours long and it no. did not need it did not need to be that it's long. not yeah, it's an not. hour
2: 52 but it feels yeah. long okay yeah.
0: there you go um but yes it felt
2: <laughs> wow. I, you I think felt you actually, liked wow. it a lot more than I did, Dave. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, there's some fun stuff in it, but it's also real dumb.
0: I can't. I don't know why I thought it was over two hours long. That's. I. Free, it's actually freaking me out because I. I, I tried to make. That's. I tried that's to make a How point it felt in, to your body. Yeah, exactly. I tried to make a point to note like what the <laughs> runtime was, and I was like, "Oh, this is over two hours. But yeah, it literally felt like it was over two. Hours mm-hmm. Right
2: there, you go. I mean, I don't think that's a stirring endorsement. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: yeah. I think. I think. I honestly think if it was thirty minutes shorter, this would be a better film.
2: Um, I agree. This needs to be like a ninety-minute, like balls-to-the-wall, just yeah. have fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I we spend way too much time with. Like his Santa Claus mythology and like, well, we spent too much time with John Leguizamo and mm -hmm. Beverly D'Angelo. And like, I don't care about any of those people. And mm -hmm. you know, like they're fine actors, but I like their characters in this movie are pretty dumb and not interesting. And I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It it needed to be it needed to have as much plot as like a John Wick movie, you know, which is to say almost none.
0: Um, right. uh, yeah, I but, think you
2: mean extreme world building Come on <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's a lot of weird world building in this actually There's yeah. like some yes. ru- interesting Santa rules That I think are pretty clever That they come up with And
1: well, people I, forget the, the first John Wick takes a while to get going Like that is a lot of build up Yeah, yeah, yeah well the first
0: yeah it's it's true It's true Um, But uh, uh, I, I, that that is a good point. You know, I, I watched Die Hard again recently. There's like mm-hmm. thirty, forty minutes of that movie that happened before meticulous. any actors. meticulous
1: meticulous story building. I'll just say yeah. that the.
0: World building is not as effective <laughs> in this movie as it is in those other films. It's no Die yeah. Hard. That said, okay, so, you know, extremely minor. I, I don't even think this is a spoiler. This I think is it's funny
2: that you're like, I don't know what else, what else people were expecting. And then you just listed off some things that could people could might have been
0: expecting. Th- this is a thing. Th- this is not a spoiler because it's about what's not in the movie. But you don't <laughs> see, you don't ever meet Mrs. Claus in the film. Oh. And, or, or any elves or anything, and there is a and but there yeah there is a at one point David Harper said he wanted Charlie Theron to be Mrs. Claus in like a sequel, which I think actually would be awesome. Um, and I think they've also talked about right. like doing like a cinematic universe of all of the you know uh, characters from your child your your youth, like uh, the Easter Bunny and stuff like that.
2: Which hey, I Who think do was, you want to play God. your wife? Um, uh, Charlie Stiren. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that. Let's uh, spin out some names here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I w- went to when I went to go see uh, uh, Aquaman two. I actually watched. I, I generally don't watch trailers, but uh, I could not resist watching the trailer for Furiosa. That's a good trailer, and yeah, I am very excited about that movie. Yeah, uh, I think that's the, way the way they weave in the score. Very yeah. About yeah. The movie. yeah, I didn't yeah.
2: even need to watch the trailer to be very excited <laughs> about that movie. But there's no Charlize. Yeah,
3: that's there's true. no Charlize. It's that's true. true. Yeah. It, it,
0: uh, I'm just glad George Miller's still doing it, man. I mean, yeah, like, man. keep it up, man. He, he yeah. is, what is he, Is in his, his 80s? Yeah, right? I think
2: he's 86, he's, 83. 78,
0: 78 years old, so. Mm, man. It's yeah. a two-hour and 15-minute movie. <laughs> <laughs> we, Dave and Jeff suck at knowing numbers. how long things have been around. Uh, <laughs> numbers. This episode. Yeah, at numbers. numbers. Math. <laughs> All right, that's Violent Night. It's available on Prime Video. I had a great time, some great hand-to-hand combat. Uh, wish it had been about 30 minutes shorter. A lot of people are saying, like, this is like a call. Co- There's a reason college humor sketches are five minutes long. Yes. I think that's a little yes. bit uncharitable. This movie had
2: enough to support, I'm going to say, 70 minutes of runtime. The funny thing <laughs> is, you wished it was 70, uh, a half an hour shorter. Yeah. It was revealed to be a half an hour shorter, and you still <laughs> want it to be another half an hour so, shorter. Well, kind of even that more. Is 100%
0: true, Jeff. I mean, does this Everybody movie do, do anything
1: true. that the uh, I think you should leave like Violent Santa stuff didn't do? you know
0: uh yeah it's just the the action scenes are really well choreographed okay. pretty well okay. shot there's a lot of gore it's fun to it's inherently funny to see santa kill people you know like so yeah yeah but uh so if you want to see Santa kick ass then in one year you can watch Violent Night <laughs> it's still on Prime <laughs> Video and that's one other thing i've been watching this week Avenger Hardware, one last thing you have watching. i'm very curious about this thing mm-hmm. because i've i've been like should i I thought about watching this as, as I would part love of my, to know
1: what you think about this movie Yeah cuz I, I I was like yeah.
0: maybe I should this has been on a lot of top 10 lists and I was you should thinking, watch it I think both maybe of you I should, watch it, should no, see this well, movie yeah. depends on what you say but I, I I was like I have a feeling this is not going to be my I thing. think both
1: of you should see this movie even if you think you're not going to like it because oh, okay, I think wow. uh, that that's why That is why, because (laughs) I want to know what your response to it. I have seen Fallen Leaves, uh, Aki Kurizmaki's latest film. He is a director known for, you know, dry Finnish humor. That is his thing. So I've seen this movie described as a romantic comedy for people who hate romantic comedies. It's about two very lonely people in Helsinki who um, are living sad, lonely lives (laughs) and uh, nothing's working out for either of them. They have like a chance connection. Doesn't quite work out for a while, but slowly they come together and maybe, maybe they'll find love. Um, What is interesting about this film is that um, I feel like if you've played Alan Wake two, that is perhaps a dose of what is in this movie because like there's a, you know, Alan Remedy is in, uh, is based in Finland. Like there's a deep like Finnish sense of humor in a lot of their work. Uh, Who's the, the Jander character. I think it really embodies that. Um this movie is a comedy, but it's people being uh, very dry, very deadpan, like um the the lead dude in this movie, one of his coworkers uh, invites him off to drink, and they just have like a really, a really like chill conversation about like um why they don't come out you should live a little more but the guy who wants to go out and party is like never never happy or smiling or anything he's just gonna go there going to sing a very sad karaoke song everybody comes back and silently drinks their drinks but i do think it's an interesting film especially if you've not seen uh many Finnish films like just the style of humor is so unique i think um I, I, I can't really judge the love story because I think it, it's it's just like very, very tough. Um, but it is a fascinating movie. And I'd love to know what you guys think if you have time to see it. It's also not very long. It's one hour and 21 minutes. That's a, a commercial the break. The ideal violent night runtime. The ideal <laughs> runtime. But it is, like I think it is moving. I think it is, um, you know, a lovely film. But it's it's unique because the Finnish comedic sensibility is just so weird and so dry and deadpan. I felt it kind of refreshing, to be honest, like from a lot of American comedies, which I feel like maybe try a little too hard to be funny. uh, This was just like, nah, man, we're just going to walk around Helsinki and see people like be, you know, quip at each other. Uh, It's really monosyllabic at times, um, but it is interesting and unique. Um, I still don't know if it'll make my top 10, but I'm very glad I saw it because it is just a tremendous film. It is one of those things that's like... um, if you think about like how we used to make fun of independent foreign films in the 90s, you know, like something Daria would watch or something like that. Like this movie is very much just like that mm, uh, without yeah. trying to be a joke of that. But I think it's a very successful film. I think it's worth watching. It's in theaters right now. Yeah. Uh,
0: the movie's Fallen Leaves. I do plan to check it out, Domingo, but it's, I just I, I, I know myself enough to
1: know that this is not going to make my top 10. It's um, not going to, so. it probably won't make your top 10, but, uh, but you yeah, know what? Sometimes.
0: I, 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 Try something new. I've hey I've a heard a little quite, I've heard it's quite a delight. And quite honestly. A delight. Honestly, it sounds a lot like the taste of things in very different ways. You know, like kind of similar, mm-hmm. not similar in plot
1: or even style, but kind of like a similar sure, sure. There, nip, there is no beauty in this tone movie. Let me let me mood? be clear because I don't know I don't know what they do to shoot modern day Helsinki, but it looks like a wasteland. Sorry, <laughs> Finland. Um it is wow. rough.
2: It is just like uh <laughs> this lady is in inter- Helsinki.
1: This lady has a job in the grocery store. It just looks like a nightmare. Wow. And like they live in the city that is all gray, all like very old infrastructure. It's just like my understanding is it's a
2: delightful city.
1: I hear it's very delightful. But The way they shoot Finland. I don't know if it's like supposed to be back in time. I forget exactly, actually. Um, But all the descriptions say modern day Helsinki. It just seems like. Is this like a post-apocalyptic movie or something? Wow, I don't know. Wow, <laughs> it does kind of feel like that.
0: All the Finnish uh, listeners right now getting
1: their emails out—they out. they don't get yeah. angry. They will—they will send me sternly worded v- statements. Davindra's
0: yeah. uh, home address is Davindra Hardwar, Georgia. You know, yeah, You can yeah, write yeah. to keep all yeah, letters. Just send it to
1: Georgia straight yeah, to so. him. <laughs> yes, yeah, send them
0: straight to Georgia. That's right. That's what we're gonna do. All right. Uh, Fallen leaves is the name of the movie, and that is what we have been watching this week. All right, folks, let's get to a few Weekly Plugs. Weekly, plug. weekly Plugs are part of the show each week where we plug something else we've been making uh, over at the Decoding TV Podcast. Got some big announcements coming up on that feed in the near future, but in the meantime, uh, you can check out our converse- my conversation with Jesse Earl about the first five episodes of Fargo Season 5, uh, oh, which is a show I have been really enjoying. I, I cannot wait
2: to talk about this again on the on the mm, on this podcast yeah, with you when we because, get to the get to the end yeah get to the end yeah, yeah. because uh, I think I, I I brought it up after the first two episodes and I don't think you had watched it yet and I I just can't wait to talk more about it I am loving this season so much
0: it's really good it's really yeah. good and uh the first episode of Fargo season five is really extraordinary uh it's, it's just something if you are a fan of Fargo you should just watch the first episode of Fargo season five, like the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You should watch the first episode of Fargo season five, just because what it attempts to achieve is so interesting. uh, And what it accomplishes, I think is really uh, amazing. It's worth checking out. Uh, So you can check it out. My conversation on decoding TV with uh, Jesse Earl over at podcast.decodingtv.com. Devinder Hardware, your weekly plug.
1: Oh, sure. Over at Engadget, I wrote a piece about uh, Microsoft's AI future and how they're betting everything on co-pilots and all these things and why it's still like very unclear what they're trying to do or if any of of this will actually be of use to them. So I've been off for the past week. I haven't done much news or the podcast, but uh, go check out that piece because I did try to like put into words like just how weird I find this. Like Microsoft is like leaning on this stuff out of nowhere. They admit not all of it works well, but they're like, hey, this will make Windows better, Right. We don't know. We know it's such a strange thing to see. Go check out my piece. All right. And Jeff Kanata, your weekly plug?
2: Well, as you may know, if you've listened to me talk about it before, I do a video game podcast called DLC, which is available at dlcpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. And this week's episode is, I think, one of the most fun things we do all year long. We started the DLC podcast on January 7th. 2014, so January 7th, or excuse me, yeah, uh, 2024 is our 10-year anniversary episode, and we always do what we call the annual, I borrowed that from old comic book parlance, Uh, and our annual traditionally is a look back at the, the year that was, and even more fun, a look forward, so we make predictions every year as to what will happen in the world of video games, And part of the annual is reckoning with the predictions from the previous year. So I play clips of us making these bold predictions. uh, And we have another category beyond bold that we call Cool Ranch. Uh, And uh, it's fun hearing how wrong we are, how right we sometimes (laughs) end up being and uh, making fun of each other in the process and then making predictions for the following year. So it's a great time. And this year, for the first time, usually it's just, my co-host and myself, Christian Spicer. Uh, But we added a third member to the team this year uh, for the annual, and that is uh, the lovely Lana Bashinsky, who is a game developer at Riot and a great part of our DLC family. She's amazing, and she has some awesome predictions as well. So get over there and check it out, dlcpod.com.
0: One of my favorite episodes of the year that Jeff Kanata does. So uh, I'm looking forward to checking this one out at uh, the DLC podcast. And of course, patreon.com slash film podcast, how you can support this show if you want to keep us going. We really appreciate it sign up for ad-free episodes exclusive after darks last week we reviewed maestro this week we'll be discussing poor things just get into the stuff that we don't have a time uh, don't have a chance to get to on the main show we really appreciate everyone who supports us but of course we never want you to donate if it in any way causes you any financial hardship you can always support us for free by telling your children about the podcast <laughs> and passing it on from generation preferably to preferably
2: within moments of their birth <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need new patreon subscribers yes <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, sharing about the podcast on social media. Thanks to everyone who makes this podcast <laughs> possible. All right, folks, let's get to our review of Rebel Moon. When I found you in the wreckage of that ship, I considered leaving you. I was afraid you could bring trouble to us.
3: What do you think they want
0: everything welcome to the film cast review of rebel moon part one a child of fire dead reckoning no i'm just joking that part's not in the, <laughs> the title but it's a it's a long lengthy title here is the plot summary from online. Quote, when a colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of the tyrannical Regent of Belisarius, they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand. End quote. This movie is directed by Zack Snyder. As I've discussed, this is only part one. Part two is coming in April of 2024. What a threat. Zack yeah. Snyder has also indicated that there is going to be some kind of director's cut. Like it's kind of built in right from the beginning. No announcement date on when that director's cut is coming, but I think it's supposed to be around like four hours long or something along those lines. Kind
2: of a uh, Snyder cut, Justice League type situation. Because, yes, because uh, Netflix would not allow him to have cut of the movie. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> Nonsense. This, uh,
0: I'll be, yeah, yeah. I think I agree with you, Jeff, that it is a marketing gimmick. Um you know, guys, I want to tell you the story of a creative person who made like one or two cool things early on in his career mm-hmm. and people liked it and they kept encouraging him, like keep, keep making things. And he kept doing it. He kept making more things even past the point where it became clear that like, maybe he's just not very good at making these things. Um, But enough about David Chen making podcasts, like. Let's let's. I don't oh. know why that story came to mind. I wow. Mean, let's talk about Rebel Moon, Part One: A Child of Fire. Hard uh, Hardwar, <laughs> what did you think? What was the thing you made <laughs> as a young person that was so oh. great that people? Oh, encouraged I feel a little disappointed. My... By I said, yeah. said David Ched making podcasts. I said David Ched making podcasts. Okay, okay. Um, you know, made, made, made some good podcasts, and then clearly, you know, it's like, is you know, is, should this person keep doing this? Uh, Devinder Hardwar. Well, that's funny. Zack Snyder, you know, uh, yeah. I'm just going to say bit of a mixed bag uh, mm-hmm. like in terms of his career, right? Like, obviously started super strong. Dawn of the Dead, 300. A lot of people will defend Watchmen. I think it's a fairly uh, good adaptation, you know? Yeah. Then, obviously, all of his involvement with the DC Universe. Um, and, and we can't, of course, forget the Guardians of Kahul. Um, But... <laughs> What did you think of this movie, given what we know about Zack Snyder and, and what he's been able to do? I mean, I, I was excited because it's like, hey, even if it's bad, at least he's not messing with these beloved characters. That at we le- know at least he's not doing years, that. Right? But uh, yeah. So what do you think of
1: Rebel Moon Part 1 of Child of Fire? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> but basically, <laughs> this movie is as if Zack Snyder took his rejected pitch for Star Wars and proceeded to make dumb Star Wars. Let's talk about Dumb Star Wars. Star Wars features an interesting array of characters who are memorable and will live with them forever. Uh, dumb Star Wars says no. What if, what if boring characters who have names that you, can, you won't remember at all? Star Wars has one of the most iconic villains of all time. Dumb Star Wars says, what if there's a Nazi general who likes tentacle porn? Star Wars opens with a crawl of text to really set the stage and introduce you into the world. Dumb Star Wars reads that text aloud to make you aware of how fucking stupid it all sounds. <laughs> um, but Star Wars, Dumb Star Wars is not content to just be Dumb Star Wars. It also turns into Dumb Avatar. It turns into Dumb Seven Samurai because that was essentially like what they were doing. There is nothing interesting or redeeming about this movie, like I guys, I watched this movie over the course of four days because every time I started, just on repeat. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> just on every time I started, within thirty minutes or so, I was just like falling asleep. I don't need sleeping pills. I have rebel <laughs> mood because this, I will be fully alert, awake, caffeinated. Start watching this movie. It is such a slog. It is such a such a like a voluminous. Uh, amount of nothing happening to you all at once, it just makes me want to fall fucking asleep. So four days it took me to watch this movie. Very little happens. I don't care about anybody involved here. There is some action, but it's also shot in a way where it's also like, Okay, cool choreography, except it doesn't mean anything. Action has to mean something. This movie lurches forward from scene to scene like a zombie from Dawn of the Dead, and it takes us nowhere. And it's stunning to me that we have a part two coming. It's even more stunning that he's threatening a longer movie at me because nothing happens in this movie. It's one of the worst movies I've seen this year, and I fucking hate it. Next question. <laughs> It, it, I, I gotta say, it's actually quite rare for Devinder to go for the throat
0: like
2: that. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I've never heard him talk so viciously. Well, the
1: wrestling thing really worked me up, but also, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, I hate. <laughs> you gotta this get movie. out of character. You gotta. Play, <laughs> I hate hey this babe. movie. Yes.
0: Good God! If you're if you're just listening, by the way, you know, patrons are getting this review early. So if you're just listening to the review part, that was a reference to something that happened earlier in the podcast that you're going to listen to next week. Okay, Jeff Kanata, what did you think of Rebel
2: Moon? Child of Fire. Well, Dave, I guess you could say what I thought of Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, is best summed up in the form of a limerick. All right. Hit me with it, Jeff. Each cool element that it stole doesn't add to a cohesive whole. It's clear Snyder harbors a real love of Star Wars. <laughs> But his cover never captures its soul. Perfect. This is how you know Jeff Canada is the
0: M&M of uh, movie limericks, is because he rhymed harbors with Star Wars. I mean, that's just- Yeah, you're right. That is outside of the box
3: Amazing.
2: that you can't get anywhere else, you know? I cannot bring myself to hate this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No. Yep. I can't. I enjoyed it more than Aquaman the Lost Kingdom. That's insane. I that did. is insane. But go ahead, Jeff. I did. <laughs> Good um, god. I think this movie is beautiful. I think I think he like can't help but create kind of cool Im- like yes, it's a wash in effects and uh, there's a lot of people standing in front of green screens, but I still think he knows how to make a captivating image and there's cool there's cool ways of reimagining stuff we've seen uh, over and over. Like, for example, the way a laser pistol might work. Like, I like the muzzle flash thing that he does with the laser pistols. It's just, it seemed neat. And I think he has sort of an inherent visual style that I have always taken to. Like, I think that Snyder, like, you know, ramped slow mo action thing is neat. You know, I, 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 he has a visual style that I can totally understand if it's off putting to people, if like, it's like, well, he did this in 300 and move on. Well, he hasn't. And I don't mind it. I actually kind of dig it. I have the perfect analogy, I think, for this movie. And it kind of dates me, but you guys are old. You'll get it. <laughs>
0: Have you ever heard of the Lumiere brothers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fly to, uh, flight to the moon? Was yeah. yeah. No, there, there was a, a, a band back in 2001, I believe, called Alien Ant Farm. Yes. Yeah. And they put out a cover of Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. Yep. And you're bringing for, this all back to me, Jeff. For <laughs> months. <laughs> You could not get away from that song. It was everywhere. uh, This was back in the day when you listened to the radio because there was no way to stream music. And so I listened to the radio and I was inundated with like really like pop punk version of what is, I thought, a pretty darn good Michael Jackson song. This cover was everywhere. People seemed to love it. It It did the song, and it wasn't awful. It wasn't a terrible cover. But, like, there's no universe where I'd prefer watching or listening to that song over the original. And I think if you're going to do a cover, maybe bring some, I don't know. It it felt to me like a soulless cover. And that's what this movie feels like. It feels Mm -hmm. like a cover song for Star Wars that... Didn't really need to be made, but also isn't terrible. There are terrible things about it. I will not disagree with with Devendra on many points, including the fact that we are, for some reason, introduced to a wider rate of, of characters for no reason whatsoever. One after another. There's, <laughs> there is a cobbling together of a team for no reason. Well, um, okay. They okay. got to defend Let, the village, let's, let's be Let's jab. be fair. Let's yeah. be fair.
0: Okay. Which is that. Here's what here's what I will say and I I don't think what I'm about to say is a spoiler but it is called Rebel Moon Part 1 A Child of Fire. Part uh-huh. 1 A Child of Fire implies that this story is incomplete. Agreed. And it feels extremely incomplete. Like and it is possible that that stuff that you you know all the introductions 100%. will come into play in part 2. Well, it, it is at, very
2: clearly doing that. It is yeah, very clearly setting up a team to handle a larger threat come uh episode 2. But at the end two. of
0: part 1 it feels like there is no reason why we met these people right like that's as of as of, well, the end the, of part
2: one i think the i think maybe uh, i was not clear enough in my critique in that it is it's not so much that we meet them for no reason it's that this movie provides no joy in meeting them there is mm-hmm. no joy
1: in this movie in general but yes jeff i agree, I agree. I think there is no joy in
2: rebel moonville yeah according to jeff kind of i i listen i can't bring myself to hate this like there's an th- there is we'll get to spoiler stuff but there is an extended sequence. I, I sat down with this movie and went oh man i know people have been hating this i, I expect it to be bad and i think the first i don't know 20 minutes there's some really interesting tension and dynamics there's this really cool kind of standoff tete-a-tete uh, power dynamic that's established that I thought was well executed. I thought it was pretty darn cool. The guy, the actor who's playing Darth Vader, I mean, whatever character he's called. That is
1: uh, <laughs> well beyond 20 minutes, Jeff. That is over half an hour. Into well,
3: there me. you go. Know. I, I would know it. because of I how I that, broke up
1: my b yeah.
2: <laughs> I liked that much of the movie. I, I was in. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is cool. 40 I minutes these- into the movie, in. Yes. Yes, yeah. I'm yeah. in. I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. And I will say I, he is I, good. Ed screen performance knows awesome. exactly what he is doing. He's yes. chewing scenery, baby. Yeah. And we get, you know, we get a um, overly polite robot played by Anthony Daniels, I mean mm-hmm. Hopkins, and <laughs> um Who narrows the opening for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And um <laughs>
1: Nice thought, that, Jeff.
0: And,
2: yeah. and, and, <laughs> you know, and like, there's some like some cool stuff there. I, I, I'm digging. I'm digging the look and feel of it. I'm, you know, yes, it's a it's a riff on Star. Wars. It is a cover song for Star Wars. And and yes, does it proceed to get dumber? hundred percent, it does. Does it start wi- wildly throwing characters in? We're meeting them. There doesn't even seem to be a great reason to meet them. Uh, in that our character, there, isn't there is right. no
1: narrative construction
2: for a lot of this
1: movie. You're yeah. just going from place to yes. place. Yes. That's yeah. right. Going from, that like, is absolutely right.
2: It feels the, extremely
0: video game, you know, yeah. fetched yes. but 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 not even not even the, the logic. Setup. not, not even, even the logic that many video games have. I know this great sword fighter yeah, on this it, planet. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. it's uh, agreed, and we and we meet and we meet these archetypes. That's like, man, you just lifted this whole cloth from something else. <laughs> It's all stolen from a
1: different thing. Like it's not just Star Wars. There's also Avatar. There's also like every Samurai movie you've ever seen. Yeah.
2: I mean, obviously Star Wars stole from Seven Samurai. Yeah. And, like, that's not yeah. a So secret. What,
1: what do you call a cover of a cover? Mm. Is the thing, which it's is a what Xerox I feel. copy
2: of a Xerox copy. I get it.
1: Yeah. I get it. Listen That is homeopathic medicine to me. That's medicine <laughs> with like a drop, a drop of something in it, but not even not even I'm, the key ingredient.
2: Yeah. I'm attempting to walk a precarious line, Davindra that says, I don't think this is good, but I, I don't hate it.
3: I don't hate it. I get it. I totally it.
2: get it, Jeff. But when,
1: when you say you enjoy this more than Aquaman 2, yes. which is at least commits to being a full-on cartoon with coherent action scenes of plot points that connect to one another and characters you may not like, but at least have some vague emotional connection to. Um <laughs> It's a big difference. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I think that's...
0: Uh, so let me just say, I'll share a few yeah. thoughts and then, and then mm-hmm. we have lots to discuss as spoilers. But uh, I actually agree with Jeff in the sense that I also didn't hate it. Like, people are really negative on this film. I think Dimitra represents a lot of yeah. the movie watching public. This, on this by one. the
1: way, is um, when, I, when you guys reviewed X-Men uh, Apocalypse without mm. me i think yes. by the way and i was on the other side of the world screaming into my headphones <laughs> and like saying how terrible it is but yes 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 Go yeah ahead. yeah yeah. i, yeah. I mean uh, i think this movie is bad you know like i'm not saying it's a good film
0: uh but uh, be, for all the reasons we've already discussed like n- narratively it's a mess uh the fact that it's part one it doesn't feel like a cohesive story and l- l- least, you know there's gonna be a lot of people Uh, Well, I think we've driven away most of Snyder fans at this point. There's going to be some people who are Snyder fans who are like, you got to watch, how can you evaluate half a movie? And it's like, well, we're evaluating what is in front of us right now. And based on what we have seen so far, uh, a lot of the flaws of this movie are down to putting aside just like the arc of the story. uh, How memorable does it make these characters? How Mm -hmm. logical does it make their choices? Um, How satisfying is this first half just taken as its own individual work of art? and the answer to most of those questions for me is like not very or not very impressively you know um i didn't i didn't like the movie very much now and i i think by the way the final 20 minutes
3: good god is
0: ludicrous like i, I it's just it's, it is really it's ridiculous to me that they thought that that he thought he could end this first half like this part mm-hmm. ends and we'll talk about it in spoilers mm-hmm. but uh but i will say this i will say this there's like one and a half good action scenes in the movie. You I, know? Agree. So, so I agree. So it's like it's like, hey, it, you know, any movie that has like one and a half good action scenes <laughs> can't be that terrible. I, th- I think there's maybe one good action scene, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it can be pretty terrible. So anyway, I, I did not think it was good, nor did I hate the experience of watching it because same the cast is good. You know, it's a it's one of the honestly an incredible cast.
2: Are they, they um, good? I don't know if I would agree with the cast is good.
1: Yeah. But. Are they good? <laughs> this movie opens. I love Sophia Batella. I will watch her in anything I think. She's incredibly compelling. Sophia Batella doing farm work. Not not like I don't believe any of this. <laughs> Guys, you look at this girl like what you put her to plow the fields? What is happening here? I, I Why does everybody a... look like a supermodel? <laughs> like
2: that's the other, you're in
1: a farming village I mean, in like a far off galaxy where'd you get the hair product from <laughs>
2: well, i don't if that's your problem with the movie no, that's, but
3: that's
1: the, the thing about star wars is like okay han solo is a good looking dude but everybody is at least like there's like a believability to the universe of star wars right which i think is really really compelling yeah. whereas this one is like why are they all so beautiful but, you could see I that about three hundred as well. Yeah, right? you know. I have problems with three hundred. I think three hundred is <laughs> a deeply racist mess of a film too. So it's you know. a it's a fair it's a
0: fair point that Devendra is making, I think, which is like if if you don't buy that these characters are who they yes. are, it will inhibit. I I do think it's um uh that Zack Snyder, in my opinion, makes interesting casting choices, and so it doesn't always work. But like sure. one of the things I've never faulted Zack, or not never, but like one of the things I don't fault Zack Snyder for is the casting. I think he did a great job casting the DC universe. I think he's done a great job casting all of his movies and many of the choices are unconventional. They're not household mm-hmm. names. And so uh, I do salute it, even though it doesn't work for you and a lot of other people. Um, I do salute his, his ability to try. It. All right. We, we have a lot more to discuss. Like, so let's, let's do spoilers. Okay. Um, but yeah,
1: Overall, Jeff and I didn't hate it, didn't think it was Burn great. Burn it, send it to hell. Devendra, I, I really didn't like it. We're going to have to review part two now because yeah. we have we have started down this path. <laughs> the question is, Devendra,
0: are we going to review part two and also the four-hour director's cut. That's that's the no. question. You guys can gotta, do that one by yourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll yeah. be an movie. You, you want to
1: like just. find good things from this movie? Go
0: have fun, <laughs> please. Actually, it's a, it's. I think it's four hours for just part one. So maybe the yeah. whole saga will be eight hours. All right, amazing. Uh, let's get the spoilers for Rebel Moon Part One: A Child of Fire starting right now.
3: I thought up an ending for my book. It makes
2: no damn sense. It
3: compels me, though. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. When I buy a new book, I always read the last page first. That way, in case I die, before I finish, I know how it ends. You
1: can't handle the truth! Inconceivable!
3: I came here to tell you how it's going to
0: begin. All right, so I thought the first part of the movie was actually pretty cool. Father yeah. Sindri is played by Corey Stoll, obviously great actor, and True. yeah, Jeff, the, the dynamic of like who's in charge and all that stuff, all and, that and, like who's going to
2: betray who, yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah, like the standoff and he that like the tension of all of that. You know, I'm being uber polite to you, but I also am a menace. Like I, I just thought right. that it all played out yeah. so beautifully. I mean, that's Agreed. the opening of uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. Yeah, it's, yes. it's, it's yes. opening yeah. a lot. I mean. Extremely yeah. it's, similar. Not a, it's not a unique scene in cinema. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, Ed
1: Screen is the best thing about this movie because he at least knows the level of trash he's committing to it. Yeah. And I think maybe Snyder at least gave like more thought to what this character is or at least let Ed Screen have his own you know, fun with it or something. Yeah. Also
0: gave Ed Screen one of the worst haircuts I've ever seen, which is just amazing. You know? Amazing. So I thought, I thought that was pretty spectacular. Um, also, pretty bold. So we're in spoilers, but pretty bold. To cast someone like Corey Stoll and then just murder him immediately, I thought that was awesome. Like that, just, yeah. that was a shocking. I, I was like, oh, I thought Corey Stoll would at least live until the mm-hmm. scene where you know they go to find all the all the people. I totally did not um, recognize Corey Stoll. So, oh yeah, okay. he, was, he, he, he was great. Okay, so then, uh, what's her name? Uh, the main character. So th- what Co- is her name? Cora. Cora. Cora the Legend Cora. of the Jake. Cora. The Jake Sully of yeah. uh, of the movie. Um, How dare you? She says, "Hey." Uh, I got to get out of here. This is peace. This is dangerous. I got to get out of here. And then instantly changes her mind when somebody is in danger. Right.
3: One of just danger. Like deal. it's
1: the danger that's committed is a very like blatant, like, Oh, we are going to rape this girl. Yeah, that is the danger. And They're that threatening also sexual like violence violently. Nice. It's, it feels so weirdly, totally out of place, which is trying to be star Wars.
2: You know, like I didn't, yeah.
1: that also felt strange to me. Um, I don't disagree yeah, with that. Yeah. And then
2: the ensuing uh, action scene there felt like it was really edited around the PG-13 rating. True. Mm-hmm. It felt like it, that was a very violent scene where everything is just out of frame that we actually want to see uh, mm-hmm. because we need to not have it be a rated R movie. Yeah. Although uh, the
1: pitch, uh, the pitch, like we kept hearing from Zack Snyder, is like he had an idea for an R-rated, mature Star Wars movie. So at least, like, if you're gonna do this, why? This is a Netflix movie, guys, guys, guys. What's the point? I, did did you guys not hear me say four hours? Zack
0: Snyder director's cut. Because <laughs> true, it's I don't. It doesn't sound like how you, he double dip. All the blood
1: they removed. I they will just put down it back on. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound
0: like your commentary is reflecting. Yeah, it's going to be another cut. Okay, uh, so then it's like okay, she she involves herself by murdering all those guys and is like okay, we sure. gotta we gotta get a bunch of people, gotta put together. I gotta put can together. We, can crew. we go
1: back to the the the, the, <laughs> the early scene though? The sort of like uh, the fight. The, the, the villain coming in having this conversation with the farmers, um, truly like, I don't know what's happening with any of these people. Like, her, the beautiful male model farmer friend, uh, is that Gunner? Um, what is he doing? It's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> you're obviously evil. We totally got a whole bunch of stoles here. Oh my god, he killed our chief. <laughs> I never expected the villain to do that. Divindra, he, they Divindra, came in they're... so, so kindly
2: they're innocent townsfolk they're not cunning like you and me okay they're i think the <laughs> implication was supposed to be that he didn't know that the yeah. other guy had lied
1: he did he well they well, weren't on the same page front, they're all mm-hmm. talking in front of each other no, no, no. well he, well, yeah, he yeah.
0: michael huisman's character he says yeah. hey w- maybe we should cooperate with those people that's yes that's what yes. he's saying and then he has he's not aligned with yes. Corey Souls character right right so, but did anyway. they
1: have the conversation where Corey Soul's character lied i forget like I'm I, my, so, under, like, my of the view.
2: reading of a recollection of it is that Corey stoles is walking in with mm-hmm. uh uh the, yes the, yes the bad yes, guy yes. ed screen screen yeah. and um
3: yeah, yeah kiss yeah.
2: noble they're like they're like uh talking uh sotto voce you know they're they're, <laughs> yeah. they're they're having a private conversation and he's like i'm lying to you i'm totally lying mm-hmm. to you and then, <laughs> and then he's like hey is anybody else have an input and this guy's like well, i'll tell you the truth but he's like, right oh. there. But you he <laughs> heard think, the conversation. No? I, don't, my, I don't know. I, I, I think don't it's know. plausible to yeah. read it that this guy didn't realize yeah, that yeah. his chief had lied. But and even he was, then, even then, the sort no, of like
0: no, he yeah, I don't agree. I think I think Gunnar knew what the chief was going to tell the guy, mm-hmm. and then he he purposely violated it a little bit. He's like, like I think we could trust this guy like, with the giant ship. He, he's not he's not a huge dick about it. He's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like maybe we have a little bit of food. He's like, maybe we have a little bit of food. That's it. And then Ed Screen takes it extremely seriously, right? Right. So uh, anyway, so anyway. then Cora says, "Hey, we got to go off and uh, and find some people." And then she goes and meets people, and it just so happens that they're having the most consequential moment of their entire lives yeah. shortly after she meets every single one of them. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even need to go through every single one of them. You like, should
1: go through all of them. All these okay. memorable characters <laughs> that kids will want to be on Halloween. Um, okay. um, they, they, first, they, first, uh, they first recruit.
0: Charlie Hunnaman is
1: Kai, a
3: roguish <laughs>
0: thief with a spaceship. Never right. seen this before. All right. There's so Kai, whatever. That's fast why, yeah.
2: ship. Fast ship. That's you've why you've never heard of Kai's spaceship.
0: My favorite is Tarek, right? Who is the uh, g- guy who rides the big griffin thing. Uh, Tarek's not even
1: in the uh, okay. That yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: scene
2: made uh, what no sense. So he, why so they why? show
0: up to Tarek? Let me explain what happens. They yep. show up to Tarek, yep. right? And then T- Tarek's like doing woodwork. Uh, by the way, everyone in this movie's jacked, and everyone's you know, looks jacked, amazing. looks like a so supermodel. He's yes. doing woodwork, and then they're like, "Hey, we need Tarek's help. He's for, also a prisoner for he's a reasons. yeah, and uh, and then the guy in charge is like, uh, well, you know, um, he has like twenty years of slavery to work on yeah. for me. And then so uh, they, they're and the like, I guy's okay. like,
1: I saw this movie star uh, Avatar, right where they they train these flying <laughs> animals. Can you do that here?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think it's even weirder than that because, He's like, yeah. I've got this guy. He's got this huge debt on his head. Yeah, he has to pay it off.
3: All right. Yeah, yeah. But
2: I love gambling. I Love gambling. I'm not going to gamble with him, <laughs> even though I could have proposed this same gamble at any point it's in true. the process of <laughs> imprisoning him. Maybe, maybe Tark is it, just a
1: bad the, negotiator.
2: The, you know, the gamble <laughs> has absolutely zero to do with you. You come to me, and I go. Hey, you know what? I'll gamble that guy's freedom on whether he can do a thing. Well, the, the other bet is they all become
1: uh, prisoners too. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. If they, I if guess there's loses. no, no yeah. stakes. Yeah, he already got. Yeah. The well, guy. well, okay, but, hold on. It's, not, it's, not, quite, not, it's like,
0: not quite as nonsensical as you're saying. Okay, it, it's pretty nonsensical, but it it's not is pretty nonsensical. nonsensical. So yeah. he he shows up, and they're like, "Hey, um, we we want to we need this guy," and he's like, "But they're not going to just break him out because they're not monsters." So he's like, what is it going to cost? And he's like, it's going to cost 300,000 credits. And they're like, oh, man, just barely six. short. We barely <laughs> had just like, we had like 290. We just barely <laughs> didn't make it. And, uh, and then so they're like, okay, but I'm a gambling man. So here's what, if he can tame that bird, which theoretically will have utility for the uh-huh, slave owner uh-huh. guy, uh, then he gets to go free. And if not, then all of you become slaves. And then I guess all three of them quickly become like, they're sure. like, okay, sure, why not? Uh, Let's just trust our but, lives with this guy who
1: has. I think spoke- they're, they're probably thinking like we will just kill them all. Like we will, we will get the
0: hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, that if,
2: doesn't uh, make sense. Of like, it, yeah. we'll just trust this guy. We'll, we'll put our lives. Guy in. Who, has, who has said but no also, more than like, like
1: thirty words to us?
2: Yeah. If the taming of the bird, <laughs> has so much value to this guy, yeah, yep. Why didn't he just say to the his prisoner, "If you can tame the bird, well, well, because, you Jeff, can go free."
0: Here's the thing. Here's what I think, Jeff, in my headcanon. Uh-huh. Bird just showed up that morning. Bird just showed up that morning. That's <laughs> literally bird. what I think.
2: New bird. New bird. Yeah, new
0: bird. That's literally what I think happened. Like Bird. That, that I'm not joking. That is what I think happened in the logic of the film is uh-huh. the bird shows up. They're like, we got this bird into this morning. They should have fixed it with dialogue. They should have said, we yeah. got this bird in this morning. And it's really hard to tame. And it could be really yeah. useful to us. Um, but instead, you know, everyone needs to be a badass and say badass things. And so they don't exposit that unfortunately yeah so then they do a scene that's very clearly inspired by the taruk makta scene from
2: avatar and uh his
1: name is tarik so (laughs) is that a is that
2: a hint i think far worse to me is the jimon hinsu scene yeah it's all dad, but yeah because we are literally they establish a badass gladiatorial arena yeah and, then, yeah. and then they don't then show you. Don't, the inside. <laughs> and then the scene is like, <laughs> look at this rug over here. A conversation. <laughs> yeah. The scene is like, it's it's some, just some, some, out. some woman hosing him down. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's <laughs> like, <laughs> he's going to have to fight in the greatest gladiatorial arena. We have this establishing yeah. shot of them walking up to It's, it's a gladiator. <laughs> first of all, it's a gladiator planet, Jeff. So
0: you know, it's like, yes. the whole society is organized around gladiatorial combat. I'm and like, yet, oh, interesting. Yeah, their
2: gladiatorial arena looks suspiciously see, like a <laughs> ruin on Earth. Like it's mm. <laughs> why would your gladiatorial arena, if you're an entire planet built around it and it's actively being used, why it would it be look like arena? A, the whole a planet? ruin <laughs> centuries after <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah wouldn't yeah. you
0: have developed more gladiator technology yeah. by that point? You it think? should
1: be like well, Coruscant, at how least, Coruscant is a planet wide yeah, yeah. city. It yeah. should be a planet wide gladiator
2: arena. You, at yeah, least, yeah. you know, maintain it, don't let it just be a. Ru- it's like <laughs> right. he, he thinks so little of the audience that the only way to convey. A, a reference <laughs> is to have it be exactly what yeah. it is in our yeah. world. Yeah yeah, 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 Which is so, it's so weird. But anyway, but that's yeah. not the worst part because that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just let me just close Let's off the finish Taric the bird. Scene. Let's
0: close off All the Tarek right. thing. Which All is, right, close off Tarek. Tarek trains the bird to, the, or you know, communicates with the bird, which is a ridiculous scene. Uh, to kill Didn't his
1: even use his tail sensor or
0: whatever <laughs> to kill his master, and then you know they they run off, and then the bird kills the master, and it's like well, my question is. Tarek could have killed that guy at any. We've already seen at he's any jacked. Point. He could have yeah. killed his slave owner guy at any point. Like why? Because he's like, I'm here. I'm working off a of debt. This so entire like, movie what? is people,
1: people <laughs> being like, I never thought of that.
3: <laughs> and I will say that several yeah. times.
0: Never thought of
2: that. Yeah,
1: never, okay. It's
0: like if it you were gonna to kill me. the slave owner, like he's clearly yeah. there working off a of debt out of some kind of honor. He, mm-hmm. he like doesn't have to be there well he didn't uh,
2: kill the guy the bird killed the guy the bird killed the guy but he said at a boy he's like well, he though- was glad the bird killed the guy but he didn't make the bird kill the guy oh i thought there was some communication of like no my understanding okay, right, was right, that fair. he's 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 honorably freed himself by yeah. doing the thing by winning yeah. the wager yeah. and as he walks away the bird kills the guy and he's like the well, bird I, is like, that's had not thought of that. That's that's a I a can just kill come. him. That's a thing I that I fully happen. approve of. Yeah, yeah. all know, right. Well, yes. Jeff,
1: I guess that scene is not as bad as you or I thought it was. All right. It's still pretty bad, because it doesn't make any... They just run off. They just still leave, where all the other people are... Anyway,
2: we should do the Dunabai yeah. thing, by the way, the, before Nemesis, the cyborg
0: swordswoman.
1: The one good scene uh, pretty cool. in this movie. Pretty cool.
0: That is a
2: rad <laughs> fight, although it it's makes no cool. sense that a spider lady shows up. It like, doesn't make any sense, but Why did the spider lady show
1: up? Spider lady... Has words that give us <laughs> empathy for her situation. This movie makes us care about Spider Lady. That's yeah. something. Yeah. Spider That's Lady something. was
0: hashtag Spider Lady did nothing wrong, by the way. According to her, <laughs> Spider her, Lady should take over the whole thing. People showed up and like polluted her home. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, she's the one yeah. that was right in that. Situation. She should eat those children. Okay, <laughs> yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. But no. uh, the fight, whatever. Duna Bai, I will watch her do anything. She is fantastic. The fight is okay. The problem is it falls into. Martial arts movie territory where everybody is just like hanging back. Like you guys need her, help her. Why the the one dude who goes in there to save the kid is the farmer? That's a useless man. Mm-hmm. Is the one that goes in to save the
3: kid. Well, look, what, she what? just
1: they want they all wanted
0: you know. Um, nemesis clearly had issues she had to deal with herself, and they, they, sure, sure, they sure. have sure. a prime directive
1: situation. Who are they to interfere? All right. Uh. So so she's assembling all these people. Mm-hmm. It's wait wait. wait, wait. Very, so the nemesis scene a whole conversation about revenge revenge not worth it that's important for the next scene <laughs> mm-hmm. okay continue Dave. well they I'm recruit it up. they recruit titus the disgrace they recruit titus the line is if not redemption what about revenge titus revenge sounds pretty good and titus <laughs> looks up and he's like ha ha <laughs> I'm
0: just angry what? that they we gotta, established. You gotta use different techniques
2: for different people. Drawn, a, okay, I, you know, Sure. Yeah. I, you are. This is Chekhov's gladiatorial arena. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're showing me a gladiatorial arena in a big giant sci-fi I need action fight. movie, yes, I need to see a gladiatorial fight. You saw the gladiatorial
1: uh, washroom. Where they washed him off, isn't that something, Jeff? <laughs> also, why are they helping them take this dude? Isn't he like the property of this planet? Or like, what is, how is he just See, able I, to leave? My sense was he's just chilling there. That was he's my there. Just he's just chilling. chilling there yeah. He's but also, chilling. what Ty- what uh, Titus thinks is never thought of that revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Thank you, Cora. I'll join your ragtag group of misfits. Yeah. All right, all right. So,
0: so they get the blood axes on board as well, and then whatever. Like
2: also uh, the the other member of the ragtag group that I don't understand uh-huh. why we're with him the whole time is the is our farmer Gunnar. Because why is Gunnar here? Everyone's asking. He is. He is clearly. Th- the reason all of this bad shit—you started <laughs> this. We
1: keep him around; he's there to redeem himself, Jeff. He's there he's to redeem filled himself. the ship with hair product,
0: and we need space to live.
2: <laughs> he's Damn it, Gunner! <laughs> I like spicy Devendra. As yeah, I oh, to say Devdras that. Go, go off, hate, this, King. hate yeah. this movie.
0: Okay, so anyway, they get the blood axes together, and then it's like, okay, it was very sweaty to get to this point where, like,
3: you're assembling <laughs> so the truth. It's uh-huh, so sweaty uh-huh. where it's like,
0: oh, like I, all these uh-huh. narrative contrivances. Needed to happen, yeah. But I'm like, okay, we, we finally got everyone together. Sure.
1: By the way, Ray Fisher is blood ass. Yeah. that's cool. Pretty cool. cool to see Ray Fisher. Yeah. Cool that
0: they have, you know, uh, Zack Snyder has loyalty to those who, who've uh, worked with him. Uh, pretty sweaty to get everyone together, but I'm like, so sweaty. But I'm like, surely the payoff for this is going to be amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, buddy. Just surely, wait. surely, with all the great action we got in the first half, that there is going to be some massive payoff at the end of Rebel Moon
2: part 1. And what happens is Charlie Hunnam's character Wait, wait, we arrive at Cloud City. Excuse me, I'm uh-huh. sorry. A city in the clouds. Mhm. Yeah, where a uh, a person we previously thought was a friend has secretly made a deal <laughs> has altered the deal. <laughs> <laughs> has uh-huh. altered the deal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um Damn it, Lando! My, my, my I favorite, mean, Kai.
0: My, yeah. my my favorite part of this whole f- situation is, yeah, Kai is like, "Hey, I guess I can work with you guys, but first I gotta drop something off." <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like thinking to myself, "Why would they show this unless something? Why would they show was gonna? happen? Why are they
1: helping him with the cargos?" Like, Kai, it, we're it, friends. I'm not just, gonna help
0: you with your luggage. It just kind of sucks that we got like Nemesis, Cyborg, Planet gladiator planet, you know, even like village shire planet
3: mm-hmm. and
0: then the one place where they decide to stage the big finale is some random random factory outpost. planet. Yeah. Like we already had all these pretty cool worlds that have been created and it's like just a random place i dropped the thing off. Now i will say this, the little devices they use to like uh trap people were like sure. pretty cool. That was a pretty cool
2: thing. We're like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The that robot spider thing th- that the spider things that come yeah. out
0: in the and it
2: yeah so that was that was cool cool. yeah uh although i feel like you don't uh, the whole like all right now you got to go up to the back of his head and kill him this way like or maybe just have that thing squeeze i don't know yeah yeah, like it
0: it feels like very unnecessary it's Uh, very
1: unnecessary also uh thought kai was like i never thought he'd use the spine splitting gun against me (laughs) i handed it my bad i handed it the spine
0: (laughs)
3: splitting gun (laughs)
1: whoopsie
0: Real, and a real deer hunter style situation there, where you're, real... you're handing the the Russian roulette. I, also, I like how the like ca- you know cattle zapper gun uh-huh. has like instructions like yeah. on the screen. It's like yeah, put it insert... in the hole and pull the trigger. Put it is, in the not, hole.
2: is not clear enough. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: You needed to have instructions <laughs> to explain yeah how to use the cattle killing gun or whatever.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, uh, but that doesn't the, help
1: that that entire action scene by the way, which takes way too long is dull as shit.
0: Yeah, and to, that's like, that's the problem is like ultimately the final action scene is not that good. The I, end I of this
2: think. movie is the worst part of this movie. That yeah. is it's, by a far the truth. Le- it's a huge let. It's a huge I yeah.
1: would say it's yeah. probably the best part for me.
2: But, but again, because <laughs> it ended. It ended well, it but did. the problem is that action sequence is not the end of the movie. There's literally 20 more minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, a, there is more. Yeah. Turns out Atticus Noble. We literally not, do the not like quite dead. We do the last shot of Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. pulling back with our ragtag group mm-hmm. with a pyrrhic victory. Uh, yeah, and then the movie's like, oh, I, I was like, oh wow, uh, oh, there's 20 more minutes on the Netflix. I was and there, was, there was 20 more minutes well there's
1: more and there's a lot of credits there's so many credits but it was weird how they were like would be nice to have a battle in this beautiful idyllic farm village one day and they're like yes one day it would be a beautiful battle thanks for we're never gonna we're not gonna see that here we're gonna see that in part two probably but they're also like imagining this place being torched like the shire which will be an absolutely traumatic event but yeah i do want to bring the battle right to this village folks wouldn't it be beautiful uh regarding the
0: last
3: scene it's
1: you
0: know it's not horrible but there's just nothing particularly memorable about it other than i think it's ray fisher's like running up the thing and yeah which is also weird that they give does the thing from avatar just met five minutes ago the most like memorable hero moment of the thing you know his
1: friends are like no don't uh, blood axe
0: yeah and yeah he's got a buddy (laughs) that
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, don't go,
0: please, please, blood axe, please. Oh, yeah, blood, blood, axe. blood axe,
2: oh, don't, don't, come do- on, blood axe, yeah,
0: um, and yeah, he, it's not, it's not a great, you know, there's some good hand-to-hand fight scene between mm-hmm. uh, Atticus, what's his name, and and Cora, but but it's not a particularly good action scene, and then uh, I, I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, okay, I, I understand what the movie's doing, which is, um, it's setting up multiple potential bosses, right? There is sure, uh, Atticus Noble. There's Balisarius, and then who knows? Carrie uh, Ellis. Carrie Elwes, the Elwes yeah. is the Maybe king. He's gonna be a villain at some point. Yeah. Um, and they're just and gonna so rip they, off Princess uh, Bride there
2: somehow. You don't I just, uh, you. know, just betcha. cast Carrie Elwes for a couple of flashback moments. Mm-hmm.
0: So then I'm like, okay, smart move to kill off uh, to kill off Atticus Noble. Then didn't kill him off. He. Miraculously, even though everything you see on screen tells you that that character is dead, if they're going to make
1: us watch a second one, damn well better have Atticus Noble in it.
0: Okay, he was
1: the best part of the movie. He was the best part uh, of the movie. I will give him that. But like he (laughs) he understood, as they say, he understood the assignment.
2: There was a part of me that was like, oh my god, they're literally going to put him in a full Vader suit. (laughs) They should. Mm, They're going to like. They're going to reconstruct. This is like his Vader origin story moment. But they didn't.
0: Yeah. Instead, it's just like, hey, uh, death doesn't mean anything in this, in this world. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. that's literally what it feels like. Yeah. It's like, death doesn't really yeah. mean anything because this guy. Also, why was Anthony Hopkins in this movie at all? That's what I don't Listen, understand. Listen,
1: he was in this movie less than he was in Mission Impossible 2. And at the time, <laughs> we made fun. We made fun of, like, the millions of dollars he was paid to be in Mission Impossible 2. He's a robot and he's a narrator in this movie. I right?
2: guarantee yeah. he literally phoned in this movie. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> how much do we let's guess how much
0: we think Anthony Hopkins was paid
2: uh, to appear in Rebel Moon part one of Child of Fire. I, the hopefully most, double double billions, you know, ten uh, at least.
3: Yeah, it's I, I gotta be pro- I,
1: I think probably
0: five
2: hundred thousand dollars. It's got to be a a chunky. Anthony of Hopkins to be... get out
1: of bed for five hundred thousand dollars. It's okay. got to be
2: one of the most, the most lucrative phone calls of yeah. all time.
1: It's like Anthony, you have a podcasting setup.
2: We yeah. got you. Like, you we could yeah. <laughs> can can do you, this entire... it, was, it
1: was one day in the booth.
0: Five hundred thousand One day in his bedroom was... with I his USB microphone. He did microphone. not leave his house.
2: He did not leave yeah, his house. No, 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 to make I agree, this. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. He could have used a blue Yeti microphone to do this. Yes.
2: Yes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Send me a voice memo of what you're saying. And it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> yeah. all Netflix. It's going to sound processed anyway. It's going to fine. You know,
0: it's going to be fine. So,
1: all right. Well, anyway, that's Rebel Moon Part One. I, I do want to. <laughs> I want to just take a step back. Let's just take a step back because <laughs> step I'm back here me. pointing out step by step how awful this movie is. How uh-huh. literally yeah. atrocious it is. Sure, sure, but sure. But I yeah. feel like you guys keep holding back just a little bit to be like, but, <laughs> but this is a two hour. In 13-minute movie. <laughs> a uh-huh. tremendous waste of our time. Sure, sure, which sure. Which promises to waste even more of our time in the future. Yes, it's yes. Like a, it's like a planet headed right to us, mm-hmm. and we
2: know we're going to die. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You guys are okay with, with I guess, the experience? Don't disagree with anything you've said so far. you're <laughs> like, yes?
0: I, I think, Devendra, that I found it to be generically bad and not offensively okay. bad. That's, a, that's I think what that's I would that's a great way of
2: putting it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But what it's is... Sort of, it's yeah. sort of bad in the abstract. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm reminded of something that someone told me about Michael Bay a long time ago, which is mm-hmm. that he's really good at directing moments, mm. but not movies. I don't and, know
1: if that's even true here, though.
0: Well, I would say there's a handful of pretty cool moments. Um, yeah. Sp- you know, like each scene or moment I- in isolation Actually, it's pretty enjoyable. Like the moment when Sofia Botella murders all the, or not murders, kills all the people in the, uh, in the village. That' pretty cool. Um, you know, Duna Bay showing up and using swords. And it's really uh, just the Duna
1: Bay scene for me. Like the, the even that first t- Sofia Botella Titus getting
0: hosed down underneath the Colosseum. Where we
1: expect a Colosseum fight. Poor bloodaxe, Poor Bloodaxe running off. to running
0: up the. You know, like those are cool moments. Now together, they don't make a good
1: movie. But like the yeah. individual moments I think are still pretty cool and so I just feel like I uh, think that's true. Listen, we know we uh, Zack Snyder has made good movies before. Uh, I think the problem here is that uh, he I don't know how much of the script he wrote, but it does feel like there is no narrative cohesion is the thing. Like it feels like he wanted to do a Star Wars story, yeah. forced forced like the the basic premise of the Seven Samurai in there and um just really did not care about actually telling an interesting story. And to me, I feel like I feel offended as an audience member for having to sit through this because it's like, you're not, you're not even doing the job. You're not doing the legwork of building the story, making me care about these characters or anything. I, yeah, I've seen plenty of bad movies too. I think what, what pushes this over from being generically bad to offensively bad is how, how literal the, the copying is Mm. like how, how, how much money they threw at this thing as well. Like it is such a big project. It's such a, I look at this, I'm like, you're a talented guy, Zack Snyder. Also hundreds of millions of dollars went into this movie. And where, what do we get out of it? We get a lifeless husk of a movie, a soulless thing that will distract our attention for two hours. And I think I just have to, I have to look, look up and be like, no, I don't, I don't want any more of this. (laughs) That's all right. A, well, that is
0: fair to I mean. To agree
2: uh, who am I to disagree with that? <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I don't disagree with
2: much <laughs> of what you said. <laughs> I feel like okay, okay. I, I, I apply on the same all page. of that yeah, yeah. to uh, Aquaman: The Last Kingdom,
3: mm. and I feel there like then
1: there is such a difference, though. It's I, like,
2: not and, a great here's,
0: movie. Here is yeah. how I'd summarize it: Is uh, Zack Snyder wanted to do the whole thing he did with Justice League? True. With this movie, but he didn't realize you can skip the part where you make a crappy two plus hour long film. Uh, that feels like it was cobbled together and missing massive scenes and sequences.
2: Uh, well, also, it helps when you're dealing with characters that have 75 years of cultural sure, touchstone sure. It, with sure. them. And if you're inventing new characters and you're just like, we're just going to like shorthand who they are and what their, right, what their deal right. is. Yeah. It's like, well, you can do that with you know, Wonder Woman and even Cyborg. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that with, Nemesis, Je- dude, dude, that we just met. <laughs>
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. um But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. Look, guys, this is the last time I'm going to mention this, but oh boy, Zack Snyder's Justice League was not bad. Like the four hour long movie was not bad.
1: We all agreed and, with that. We yeah, all agree. We we and, were there. We recorded I said the podcast. It was better. I said it was better. There than is the Joss Whedon.
0: There is a terrible yeah. possibility we must confront that Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon Part 1 A Child of Fire four hour cut could uh, no, be good it could no. might be might be good less so, bad less bad I hate that they made us watch this version first the stuff we got I'm It's so dull
1: and boring <laughs> that more of it is not how would that help
2: <laughs> if anything, less of it but and more focused storytelling would be the answer. This is what I was yeah. saying all the time when we were talking about doing the longer cut of Justice League. I mm-hmm. was that guy. I was you going, there's no way that more of this <laughs> dreck can make this movie better. And then I had to eat my words because I had to admit it was better. It was pretty was good. Better.
1: It was pretty good. It's
0: it not was not bad.
2: better. Not I, bad. That feels like such a weird
1: one-off example as a thing, too. And we're talking about Watchmen. The <laughs> problem up? with Watchmen. It's literally the same guy. Yeah, the same no, guy, because it was guy. another edit, another movie. <laughs> he dumped the footage okay, that he it's, didn't it's, like it's from your, the other. It Josh is a Whedan, different creative Whedan project.
0: Joss Whedon took over. Yes. That's that's right. Right. So that's he a fair was point.
1: fixing somebody else's creative vision, whereas this is his creative vision. And more of it, I don't know if it necessarily will be the thing.
2: So anyway, we're going to review part two. That's Listen, point. I'm not looking forward to okay. watching a four-hour version of this. I'm going to let it Dave like you guys watch like it, it a lot. I'm going <laughs> to let Dave so watch it <laughs> and then tell me if I have to watch it. But I will say, I, I am one of those people that defends his Watchmen as somebody that absolutely loved the mm-hmm. graphic novel from for a long, 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 long time, and I think there's something. There's something. I know you're going to hate this, but there's something endearing to me. About his like a unabashed fanhood. Fan That's dump. what it is. That's what it that, is. This yes. is literally like a fan flick of a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And just like a lot of fan films, it's not very good. And it kind of misses the point of what makes Star Wars so memorable. Just like some actual Star Wars sequels miss the point of what makes Star Wars so memorable, Mm -hmm. but that's a different conversation. That's
1: a whole different thing. But I
2: think that, like, he's kind of. I think what people don't like about his Watchmen is that it's like slavishly devoted to its fandom, and I think that's a it's a different problem with Rebel Moon. It's it it really does become this fanfic of. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't mm-hmm. have any kind of scaffolding holding it together. It's just like I can make cool Star Wars moments. I understand these th- that these characters are cool. I know what is neat about these movies without any of the kind of underlying heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And but there's a part of me that kind of like doesn't hold that against him. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's it's kind of endearing to me. It's like you're you didn't get it, but you really tried. I, like everybody. I know it sometimes feels like people are grading Zack Snyder on a curve
1: because yeah. he made a couple of really cool looking movies back in the day. You know, three hundred mm-hmm. super cool influenced like the way action filmmaking yeah. was done for a long time. i I liked Watchmen at the time, but the more I go back to it, it's like it's because you don't have anything to say. It's because all he is saying is, I like the comic that really holds yes. that movie back. And this one that's is just not like wrong. Yeah, I like Star Wars.
3: I, I like think that's true. Some
1: of what Avatar did, and I think after a certain point, just got to put my foot down and be like, "We we can say no to this. We can say this is bad <laughs> storytelling. We don't have to give this guy a pass because he knows how to use slow mo during action sequences. In fact, using slow mo during action sequences." often hurts the impact of those scenes. Like the, the thing that bo- bugs me with the first Sophia Botella fight scene is that it is all just like cuts to slow-mo movements of like fairly basic choreography where nothing flows, nothing, you don't get a sense of weight, you don't get a sense of her strength or anything anyway. It's a whole thing, but I'm, I'm tired of giving Zack Snyder a pass. I'll put it that way.
0: Uh, I think based on the reviews and the conversation online, I think a lot of people share Davindra's opinion on this. So Very much, uh, yeah, and- I can't argue with that. Despite everything we have just said, at the nope. end of the day, nope, nope. <laughs> at the end of the day, it is impressive that Zack Snyder made a movie, half a movie, half a movie, <laughs> uh, half of a one hundred sixty-six million dollars movie.
1: So, like a like a Supreme Court justice, I'm like, uh, I abstain, I abstain from that statement. <laughs>
0: all right that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of the Filmcast. five more episodes of the filmcast.com support the podcast at patreon.com slash film podcast got a conversation about poor things coming up for you in the near future uh so stay tuned for that we just reviewed maestro on the after dark as well patreon.com slash film podcast where you can access all that stuff and next week it's going to be our top 10 movies of
1: 2023 you know, always, you'll be surprised where rebel moon shows up on my list
0: always a fun episode uh now i you know divindra and i we've already voted in our like mm-hmm. local critics or i have to just say i'm gonna just tell you guys right now uh my top 10 list is chaos this year oh yeah it is, mine too mine has there, changed since there what feels I like there's voted, no so, yeah. organizing principle at all it's just chaos it's gonna be uh really out there a lot of fun lots to discuss so stay tuned next week for our top 10 movies of 2023. Until then, thanks for listening. Goodbye.